You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number 263. We're discussing Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Sanjay. And it's finally here, guys. Zack Snyder's Justice League is not only real, but we've actually seen it. Some of us more than others. Sonny, I think you're up to about your fifth viewing at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Five <laughs> viewings, 20 hours well spent. There you go. There it is, guys. And you know what? Because this is such a special review, something that we've literally been talking about since 2016, it, it calls for a special host. I'm going to take a bit of a backseat, a bit of a commentary role for this episode. And the goddamn Batman is going to take the reins, take the steering wheel of this Batmobile of a podcast and rip through it the same way that Batman himself ran through Chernobyl there and those parademons. So, Carlos, my man, the reins are yours for this episode. Well, thank you, my man. I'm honored. I'm honored. And it's kind of special, right? Because this was the Justice League movie, the theatrical cut of it, at least, was the first time that we all occupied the same room. We didn't know it for <laughs> at least a year, but uh, we were all there. So this is just like Zack Snyder's Justice League. This was a long time in the making, and... Uh, yeah, I'm honored to be the host. I think our DMs in the lead up to Zack Snyder's Justice League created this. Where <laughs> one of the crew was putting up the bat signal, another one's handing me a shield, and the third one's like, "Dude, let's just go play some vids." But uh, here we are. <laughs> here which we is are. Which? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? If you listen to us for thirty minutes, I'm sure you can figure <laughs> that one out. But uh, yeah, as it has been mentioned on the show ad nauseum. We're all pretty hyped for this one. So if you want to kind of get a feel as to what our anticipation levels were like and what our thought processes were as we built into Zack Snyder's Justice League, just you can go as recently as the last episode and many before that and kind of see our thoughts and our journey towards this very record. But uh, we're going to start right off from when everybody's sitting on their couch. So Tim, why don't you tell me when you watched this thing, and what was going through your mind as as you're getting ready to hit play? Like, what were your hopes and your fears and all that kind of stuff? Ah, it, it's been such an experience, man. This this whole ride, and anyone who's listened to the podcast for any length of time knows knows my general feelings on this. But going in, I, I tried to go in with as open mind as possible, and I wanted to be proven wrong by Zack Snyder and by this film in itself. I wanted a good film. I wanted a concluding film to this trilogy, to the two chapters that preceded it in Man of Steel, which I really enjoy. Batman vs. Superman, I have a lot less love for it. You can go back and check out our commentary around that. But this one, I wanted it to complete. Runtime and all, I wanted this to conclude all of that. And I sat on Thursday evening, date of drop, and I consumed it. And to be honest with you, we're going to get into all of it. I uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'll leave it there for now. But 
that that's kind of what I wanted coming in this. It wasn't at the top of my list. I was looking more forward to Falcon the Winter Soldier, to be deadly honest with you. But there there was a, a lot in the build-up to this, and the hype was real around it walking into it. Mm-hmm. Sitting down on my couch, I'd just gone through a full day of hearing the great amount of praise that was being heaped onto this from friends and, and people outside on the periphery as well that were, were quite enjoying this iteration of the Justice League. Excellent. So let's take it to the other extreme end of the anticipation spectrum. Sunny. Yeah, man. What was going through your head as you're getting ready to hit play? And when did you hit play respective well, to that uh, drop? Yeah, well, I had taken the day off work. I, uh, I was like, well, I can't wait like all day and work with this thing out in the ether. So I taken the day off work, dropped the kids off at the day home. I'm like, see ya. And I race home and I'm trying to find it on my TV. So like I have Crave like app through my TV and I'm like searching and it's not pulling up. I'm like freaking out a little bit because I see like online on Twitter, people are like, oh my God, it's amazing and all this stuff. I'm like, well, and they're Canadian too, right? So I'm like, well, they've consumed it off of Crave. I can't find it, right? And I'm freaking out. I'm like, this Crave, like what's going on? This is garbage, man. Like I hate this. Like what's going on? Just so like panicking and like frustrated and then i was like well maybe i'll try like this thing called an app which is short for application i just discovered that so i went on the crave app and i found it and it was like first thing that pulled up and i was like oh my god i was like but i don't want to watch this through my phone so i figured out a way that you could cast it through my phone onto my tv so that's how i like watched it at like 7 a.m and uh so I, I, you know, off to a little bit of a rocky start there, but I was like, all right, let's let's see what's going on with this thing. Um, you know, I, oh, it was a nice experience, boys. I got a blanket, a nice cozy blanket. My cat joined me, cuddled up on my lap, and I had like a nice hot coffee in the morning. Whew, this this was an experience, boys, and I just felt like a warm blanket. And then when I was watching the movie. It was like another warm blanket over top of me, um, but that's how I consumed it. It was it was lovely. It was lovely, and it may have turned my opinion about all these like straight to theatrical releases in a little bit. Not hundred percent. Not a hundred percent. Not a hundred percent. But a little bit. Look at that magic. Bit. Well, and that really speaks to Sunny's level of anticipation because like Sunny and I have the same TV setup as far as like service provider and what you get crave through and so he sends these panic dms through <laughs> yeah. and i'm like dude z or Z in canada yeah. for zach <laughs> because everything is listed alphabetically and then oh, there was no reply after that so i i figured that he had sorted himself out and i had to work so i i, I had a similar experience not in the inability to find it but for some reason our crave every so often like locks your account in a weird way and I couldn't access it. It's like, you need to subscribe to HBO and movies. And I was doing the same thing at 7.30 at night, running around being like, what the hell? Like, I subscribed to this. Give it to me. And I was right. like, did they change the tiers before this came out? And I was really pissed off for the <laughs> first, like, 20 minutes trying to get into it. It was a weird rollout. I mean, I don't think they ever anticipated, like, the anticipation for this. Or, like, you know, they haven't really done this in, like, Crave hasn't really done this before, as far as I know. So like, The Crave app sucks, too. Like, the, <laughs> the platform sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, this was definitely one of their bigger offerings for a while. Because yeah. I've had them for, for a minute. And this is kind of one of the 
most high profile things that have rolled out, especially in that movie space, like things like Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. and whatnot. They're they're usually pretty slick with, but mm-hmm. that's HBO running that ship. But my man, Troy the boy. Yes, sir. My player one on the Nerd Room Arcade. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did it look like for you, man? Oh, listen, y'all know my anticipation's been high for this thing. And um, hey, man, I think it's about seven, seven o'clock, six o'clock. I put the kids to bed as soon as I could. I could not wait to put those guys <laughs> down because I'm like, give me this movie. I had to wait till seven to watch this thing. So um, did they have like would... a spoonful of Benadryl or anything? <laughs> yeah. like a little bit of whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> no, we put them down. We put them both down pretty early. My wife and I, we get ready. Um, I've never really dealt with Crave probably since um i think since was it watchmen maybe i dealt with mm-hmm. through the, through the yeah. cable and i was like man this is a horrible horrible setup you it's know clunky it's really clunky it was super slow um but anyways i got through it eventually my wife and i start this thing off you know i was already warned about the aspect ratio being the four by three and um i was like okay that's cool but the cable provider it was just the quality of the picture just wasn't quite there to my standards. So I was like, this is, this is so weird. So eventually I, I ended up downloading the app mm-hmm. and the app is also on my, my PlayStation. And then I was like, okay, this is smooth. This is, this is like a thousand times better than me running off the Telus app. And so once I made that transfer over to that app, man, was I ever <laughs> satisfied? <laughs> Can I tell you? So I'm not going to get into it yet. Cause I guess we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> This this might change your boy right here, man. This might be the one. Yeah, man. This yeah, might man. be the one. Yeah. Call yeah. you Troy the Man for now on. Troy the yeah. Man. I leveled up. <laughs> That's leveled right. up finally. Going Super Saiyan. <laughs> well, yeah. Ironically, I had to wait till Friday to watch it. And I made the joke in the DM to the fellas. I was like, I'm like Moses. I'm like the OG, but I'm not allowed to go into the promised land because I doubted. So... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I actually, yeah, I actually had access to one of their screening event links on Wednesday. And I was like, well, I can't watch it at all because there's no way that I could watch this without my wife and my oldest daughter. And then Thursday kind of rolls around and we're busy, but my oldest and I are on the couch and I was like, let's just watch the first couple seconds. <laughs> and we started it and it like, I took it right to that first title card. So the oh, chapter nice. one card, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, this is this is completely different." Like I knew it was going to be different, but this this solidified it for me. And then I'm seeing reviews come in from people I trust, and uh, it was the manager of my comic store who is really down on everything DC EU, and in particular Zack Snyder's Justice League. And he was just sending me gifts as the movie played. And he went through the different chapters and the gifts were more and more uh, excited. And he just ends off with this like, dude, I can't believe how much I love this thing. So yep. my anticipation was white hot uh, for the morning. And uh, yeah, we all woke up bright and early, sat on that couch and uh, uh, having coached Tim and Sanjay as to how to access this on their app. Like I didn't have any of the... <laughs> Technical issues. Thanks, because, Dad. Yeah, I, I was ready to go, and uh, yeah, man, this thing, uh, this was a feast. It was unbelievable. So I'm taking it. Everybody watch it all the way through. Oh, plenty yeah, of time. Straight through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, right. so nobody really broke it up. We I we did the break thing every so often, so yeah, I, I paused the bathroom it. and yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, paused I went it. Grab popcorn and... or went to the washroom once or twice. But... Yeah, yeah. second second time times, through, so. I I I piecemealed it. I did the via parts. That's mm, how okay. I consumed it. It's funny because I told myself I wasn't going to rewatch it, and then I watched it in parts and enjoyed it more. <laughs> Interesting. And the aspect ratio, Troy brought it up. What did everybody think of that? The four by three, the IMAX aspect ratio. I had no Didn't... issues with it. I watch a ton of like old movies, and they're all in four by three. So I was just like, oh, okay. yeah, whatever. It's all good. Like I thought it was cool. Yeah, it <laughs> something bothered me. Like to be honest with you, you want especially with bigger TVs that we have, you want it filled up as much as possible. But I'd say after about the first like three minutes, I just faded away to nothing. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah, same as me. Like it, it filled up a big enough portion of the TV, mm-hmm. and just the way our setup is, I didn't notice it at all. Interestingly, if you have the uh, 4K copy of BVS on iTunes, iTunes has upgraded them to the remastered edition that Snyder just put out. So certain parts of that movie are actually in the four by three. Okay. And I actually threw mine on just before we started recording, and so like the. Uh, Murder of the Waynes scene and the nightmare scene and the the Batman versus Superman scene and then the funeral parts in Smallville are the <laughs> four spots that he remastered and it's interesting like I have the 4K copy but there's a marked difference in the picture quality between where the 4K ends and the remaster begins it's uh it's pretty interesting so that's it's cool too because to... I, I I saw it too. Um, Zack Snyder was talking about. I guess he filmed. I want to say BVS. Um, was it BVS? He said, or maybe it was Man of Steel. No, it was Man of Steel. Sorry, he filmed Man of Steel. I believe the same time of uh, Force Awakens, and oh, okay. since Christopher Nolan was a producer on the Man of Steel, but JJ, they're all kind of a tight group, and JJ actually got to have access to one of Christopher Nolan's like special uh, lenses. And so Zach was actually like, hey, man, like, I want to use this thing. I want to use this for a couple shots. So it's kind of cool to see that all through these, you know, big timers were uh, using some technology, basically, that uh, Christopher Nolan created. Because I guess this film, this lens is only specific towards him. But he let JJ use it. So it's kind of cool that Zach got to use it, too, a little bit for uh, for Man of Steel. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's that's an awesome little story. Yeah. All right. So because we're always kind of playing coy and trying to rush – or not rush towards it, but have a tendency to do it. In two words, what are your two words that would sum up your experience with Justice League? And then we'll get into the final thoughts when we get there. But just to kind of release that pressure valve, just a touch, so that everybody can, you know, kind of set the table for the listeners as to where this journey is going to take us. So, Troy, two words, man. Sure. God damn. <laughs> That's all I got, man. Nice. That's all I got right now. Sunny. All right. Timbo. Happily satisfied. Excellent. And I'm going to say justice done. Justice done. Cool. Let's start with parts one through three. So don't count on it, Batman which was kind of the first little bit of him trying to cobble together the league, the Age of Heroes, uh, which is obviously going to encompass our history lesson, and then Beloved Mother and Son, which leans heavily into Cyborg's origin story and a bit of the flashes. So, Timbo, 
these first three chapters. Take me through what your experience was with them and what you thought and how they played out. Look, when I when I walked into this, I said to myself, I said, the, the four-hour runtime is going to be an issue for me because I'm, I'm a big fan of economic storytelling. I'm a big fan of leveraging every piece of film to drive the narrative forward. And on my first viewing, I will say this felt slow to me and not because of all the slow motion. It, <laughs> it, felt, it felt like it dragged a little. And I think this film as a whole suffers a little bit, at least the runtime. I don't think it suffers because of the runtime. I think he takes advantage of the runtime to tell these stories. But I think the film and the length of it suffer from the idea that they have to set up so much. There's almost zero foundation walking into this movie with the exception of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. They've got three other heroes that they have to sort of fill out. And they've got a villain that they have to, to sort out here. And these first three parts do a lot of that work, most of that work. And I will say on my second viewing, I found this a lot smoother and a lot more, for whatever reason, a lot more well laid out. The okay. Themyscira stuff is is huge. That first battle is awesome and does such a good job setting up the MacGuffin, setting up Steppenwolf as a villain, as a formidable villain. Someone that the Justice League is going to have issues with. And then rolling into the history lesson, and we could talk about this later, I find that it does take a bit of a step back with Darkseid. I think it gets his ass beat too quick to be like the big bad. Steppenwolf, to mm -hmm. me, still seems more formidable at that point. And then introducing guys like The Flash and Aquaman in here and Cyborg, I think it's all really well done. The movie in itself, as a Justice League movie, it doesn't come up until the last two parts. But as a way to base, introduce all of these characters, I think this is really well done. You know, Flash to me is a standout. Cyborg, his story, I like his origin story the best because it mm -hmm. does the most work for the film. It helps with the MacGuffins. It helps with the resolution at the end. It builds a little heart and soul around that character and around the Justice League and his relationship with his father. So all the work they did in reverting back, I guess, to the original story, I think it does huge justice for all of the characters. You know, I went on the record saying, I didn't think this was going to be that different of a movie. There's some of the beats are the same, but this is a fundamentally different movie. I, I've been proven wrong on that one. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy to say that out loud. I'm happy to admit that these first three parts do a lot of work. To be honest with you, I think you could have, or maybe they should have split this into two full movies. Like this first three parts and you tack on maybe the fourth part and you've got yourself almost a whole movie that is a cliffhanger of an ending. And, you know, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. Second viewing much more. I enjoyed what they put to screen here. And each of these parts ends with a huge battle of some sorts. Every part has an act big action sequence and Zack Snyder shoots the hell out of action. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I enjoyed all three parts. True that. True that. Troy, my man. Yeah. These yes. first three parts, man. From Bruce on the mountain to mm. to the Age of Heroes and Cyborg showing us what he's all about. Yeah. What do you think of this, man? Oh, uh, listen. 
what an upgrade the beginning of this film is compared to the 2017. Mm-hmm. Compared to, you know, the close-up of uh, Soups with, like, the whole, you know, get up with the mustache and whatnot. <laughs> going to, like, the scale and the deficit that we are in of losing a Superman. Like, the whole world is in pieces. You know, his scream is going out there basically, you know, activating, not activating, but I guess kind of letting the mother boxes know what's going on in the sense that the world's kind of, well, it's in danger now. It's up for grabs. Um, and that impact, that echo hitting everywhere, that mascara, like all of the world, it just, for me, that part instantly brought the movie higher in stakes and also global. Like this is a massive threat as opposed to the last film, the 2017 version, it felt very small. It felt like everything just kind of happened in one little spot. So instantly I'm like, wow, this is cool. This is different. Um, I love the Snyder shots that we're getting with soups, you know, kind of like being taken out by Darkseid slash, um, not Darkseid, sorry, um, Doomsday slash like the spear, the Kryptonian spear. Mm-hmm. All that stuff worked for me. And then obviously you mentioned, you know, obviously Bruce Wayne going down to um, to Aquaman's place. And I just love, again, like the confidence that um, Affleck carries over, that he's in like, he's out of territory. He's stepping into Aquaman's place and he's not really backing down. He doesn't get into a fight or anything, but he's just challenging everybody. And he's, you know, the smartest guy in the room. And I just love what he brings to the table. And then, his encounter with Aquaman was great. The singing part for the first second, I was like, what's, what's going on here? This is just a little different, but I think it was, I think it was Sonny that brought it to my attention. I was like, yeah, that that's cool. Was it Sonny? Or was it Carlos? One of you two brought to my attention that basically, you know, like they look at Aquaman, like this, the savior in this little mm-hmm. small kind of town. And, you know, where we live, this might not happen, but somewhere like out there, yeah, like maybe people would really respect somebody like that and kind of worship them. So that was cool. But yeah, it, was it was the next sunny, I think. I think yeah, my comment was, was sunny. Yeah. I think it was, it was sunny. So that's all thir- you meant. Thirsty Elsa was my contribution <laughs> yeah, to that conversation. And, that was it. and, was and it was after, it was after I said, Do you really need this? Do you really need this scene? <laughs> At least the, I, was like, well, I, actually, I agree. I agree that it gets you to like the God aspect or the worshiping and all that. Yeah. But for it to be like 30, 40 seconds long, like you, I, this is where in effect a theatrical cut, you zip a lot of that down and you have that carry over into the next scene, which it does do. But I don't know. I just don't think you need to frame up 30 seconds of the singing. See, and that was my issue because for me, like that part was okay. It was the next part with Lois. It cuts into, and again, we're hit with singing, even though this is more of a score over singing it just kind of didn't work for me because you're kind of overlapping like too many tunes together. Mm-hmm. So that part for me with the lowest, I think we could have done without her like score. So that's a little bit weird, but apart from that, man, yeah, you know, we get um, like, like Tim mentioned here, the development of the characters. Like it's so great to me that they're taking liberties here because with a theatrical cut, you're, you kind of cut into a box, right? Yeah. You got to hit a time frame for these other films that can play in your theater. But here it's like, we get to just watch art, we're not worried about fitting in other films. You just get to enjoy it for exactly the vision that Snyder wanted to give you. So for him to have the gloves off, I was like, cool, let's do it. Take your time with whatever you have to, to just get your full vision. So for me, those first bits were awesome. And then obviously, you know, going into um, Cyborg. Cyborg is the heart and soul man mm-hmm. of this film. Wow. Did they ever do this guy? This is this. I think we were talking before about the DMs. He made some kind of comments. I don't even care. This is the best interpretation I've ever seen mm-hmm. of Cyborg. Hands down. I mm-hmm. loved Ray Fisher in this film. I loved Flash way more. Coming yes. out of the 2017, I did not like Flash. Now I'm like, I want the Flash movie more than ever. His scene when he broke through the the pet shop 
to oh, save Iris. I was like, God, what? Like, this is amazing. Like, to, because we've seen so many speedsters now, right? From Quicksilver mm-hmm. to Flash on CW, even the Flash in the other version. And I was like, this is really cool. And I saw, again, Zack Snyder kind of explaining that shot. And when some people might have looked at, you know, Flash running out kind of looks goofy with his hands out in front of him. It's kind of like a weird run. But if you were to think about it, if you're like kind of alarmed or doing something in a panic and you like turn a certain way, you don't sprint full out. You kind of just move your body in a funny way if somebody was to see you. So to be the fastest man on the planet, you kind of would react that way. And I thought that was really smart of Snyder to have that vision to carry through because you've grown up seeing Flash so many different ways that he's always just running, you know, mm-hmm. like Donovan Bailey. So it's really cool <laughs> to just see like he took that a different way and then his shoes melting beneath his feet. Like, come on. That was... This- the glass turning really? liquid too before it breaks. Yes, I really like. Yeah, that, that was that it was, was a cool crazy. Effect. And then and then I thought the scene was going to be ruined because he took the hot dog, and I was like, <laughs> Oh no! What are, you, what are you doing with it? Don't eat it! Don't eat it! And then <laughs> no, Barry likes Snyder's hot dogs. Than Barry that. likes yeah, hot he dogs. He likes hot dogs, but he goes over, he speeds over to the dogs, and he's just feeding them once the scene's done. And I was like, Yeah, I'm applauding this. This is so yeah. cool. So and with that scene, I loved to just kind of build on your point how he had to take care for Iris because that version of the speed force, it's too violent for him to interact with people, oh. which was kind of like why he wasn't bringing people up the staircase and whatnot. And, oh. and it gives flash like an, a bit of a, a weakness, so to speak in mm-hmm. that that's why he can't just super speed people out of harm's way all the time. And I loved how they had him fold her arms and put her in a position where she wouldn't get hurt type of thing, but you could see how he wouldn't be able to do that all the time. And mm. it's a bit of a limitation to his, it, his significant powers. Mm-hmm. So. Can I ask you guys a question about Flash? I don't want to get in front of, of Carlos's outline here or anything, but do you find that, or at least I found, that Flash's scenes inside of the Speed Force are diminished because of the amount of slow-mo in this movie? Oh, because no. I find that like Not every every slow-mo scene, like Diana, I find that it takes away from when he's in slow-mo doing stuff because the effect is very similar with Diana, with Superman, with all the other stuff that's going on. That it's I just found it a bit strange that that amount of slow-mo when I think the slow-mo should have been saved for the, the Flash scenes. I find this perpetual use of that effect. By the time you get to Flash, it's kind of already worn out. Like Diana has a pretty significant slow-mo scene where the effect is is very similar. It's like almost like a slowing down time as opposed to being very fast. Yeah. You know what for me I it worked for me because they were both slow down shots but they're used in very different ways. So for instance like when we see Diana do it, it's kind of like to the point but drawn out and very cinematic and stylized. But I for me with Barry Allen it was really cool because when he used his speed force powers or his speed at least for the two moments towards the end there was a lot of stakes behind it and i felt like man like the world could end if this guy does not come through so like <laughs> when he went to do like the mother box and charge it and i love i love when barry uh, when when flash is like or not flash like cyborg is like no and then barry's like what go and then <laughs> yeah. goes for it and i was like this is awesome because in movies when you when it's dialogue everything's so clear mm-hmm. nobody's ever like what what'd you say like it never happens so for him to have that mistake and add add the add the weight of like what could happen if he screws up because we've already seen this is like a bad idea, but Barry goes for it and his speed force is used so well. And then again, when he gets um hurt at the end and he's really he's like he's almost dead. He's like, I just need to recover. 
and everybody's stepping up to the plate to be a hero and Barry Barry does it and, and that score that comes in oh, man we'll get there I guess but I'm just like <laughs> yeah. oh we'll get I, there. I loved so, it I loved it so we had you up to the flash man anything else for that first three bits um well you know what um it, a really cool thing I like about this film too because with this cut is we see Iris West back in the mix we see Cyborg's mom in the mix. We see the Atom, I believe. That's who he's going to mm-hmm. be, right? The scientist. And yep. then we get more time with um, Cyborg's dad. But these are all characters of, of color, uh, actors of color that were completely removed from the last film. So it's really huge to see, like, <laughs> like this matters. Like, you get to see this much more, um, well, just actors of color on screen that were just never there. And I thought that's cool because they all have significant roles. So I I applaud again Snyder for for doing that and making that that change or giving that vision. So, yeah, that's that's my last bit, I guess, for now. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Sunny, take it away, man. Those first three chapters. So yeah, up to kind of Cyborg's well, um, origin. I you know, I I agree with like a lot of the things um uh Troy and Tim have said uh recently but uh for me so you started off and the thing i really dug is just how well this fits together as a trilogy like bvs starts at the end of man of steel so you could like watch him boom boom and this thing starts like right near the end of bvs so you could like binge watch all three of these if you had all day been like man of steel bvs justice league and it fits like a puzzle like it just goes so clearly and that is you know that goes to like the film it's just there's such good flow in this film you know like i know um some people had some issues with the bvs flow but this flow was like on point like this was like a river baby like this flow was unstoppable like everything just felt like you were like sinking in to like a like a well-worn chair or like a favorite chair of yours it's just like it goes from like one scene to another to another and like the flow just like i was amazed at that like and you and you go into like different worlds. You're like going from Themyscira to Atlantis to Gotham to Metropolis. Like it, it just is masterfully done. Um, and, and the so the scene with um Aquaman. So he goes to like Atlantis, and he's like on that uh, horse, and you see like that uh, panoramic shot of like I think I think they shot in Iceland, uh, of like a glacier or like a mountain. And already this thing looks so beautiful, right? Like this shot, just you're just like, oh my god, this looks like something like out of like Interstellar or something. Like this is incredible. The uh, cinematographer Larry Fong, he did a terrific job with this, and you're just like, wow, this is so cool. And then he goes to Atlantis, and then you notice right away, well, you, you know something's different from the theatrical cut, and you're like man like why you just start thinking like the first time i watched it this kind of bugged me you know a little bit but then after like the second third fourth and fifth time i kind of forgot about it (laughs) but like uh just it's like why did they make this change like he's like talking about aquaman and then all of a sudden this one guy moves and there's a mural of aquaman holding up a fish or something with like some mother boxes i was like boy that was convenient I was like, <laughs> you know, like, I was like, why, why did they change that from like the ri- the original dialogue? Like, why did they waste money reshooting this stuff? Um, that'll be a common complaint I have. That's like my only complaint of the film is that. Um, so you go to, uh, you go to, you know, Iceland and he's uh, Aquaman, you know, he disappears and then, and then they start the singing. And I know Tim had some issues with that, but um, 
I really, I really dug it. I think it was a stylistic choice. You know, I think he purposely, you said like he could have just cut as soon as Aquaman left, maybe like one note of Elsa singing and then, um, you know, move on to the next scene. But I think it kind of like when you stay at that shot and let it linger for a little bit longer, it like fleshes out the world. It gives you more like, um, you know, it gives you more like not backstory, but it gives you more like characters in this world. All of a sudden, like these extras that weren't in the theatrical cut, they're now in here and they have like a little bit of a role. So that lady who's singing, we get to see her and we get to see some more of the villagers and them interacting with Bruce Wayne and him watching. So that way you see like, okay, this is like a global thing. It's not just a movie with six characters and a Russian family, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and the Russian family. So that that's my thinking of that. Um, and uh, the other thing I thought was cool, like, Troy, you mentioned um, at the beginning the hot dog scene or the, you know, the flash turning the glass. I remember back in, I think it was 2017, might have been early 2018. I remember on Twitter reading about that scene and someone who did or started the VFX or the special effects on that scene had posted about it on Twitter. And I remember like researching the internet and like trying to figure out, okay, what is this scene? Because I was like, I saw this in the trailer. And it wasn't in the theatrical cut. I was like, he touches the glass and it like he goes through it. Yeah. I was like, that's such a cool shot. Why was that not in the film? And so I actually remember like reading about it and like seeing the very early special effects work of him grabbing Iris West and like putting her down so that way she doesn't get hurt. And uh, it was really cool to see kind of like the process of, okay, this is what it looked like in like a storyboard. This is what it looked like with like just black and white computer animation. This is what it looks like fully fleshed out for a movie release. So like there were some scenes um, like that, that really, um, you know, were really cool to see like from, from uh, page to screen or script to screen as you will. So I, you know, there was a couple other ones, but like that was like one of the major ones that I like distinctly remember four years ago reading about and just being like bewildered about why they took it out <laughs> it's just like why is this not in here yeah. again uh -huh. to be honest with you when i when you look at it though like if you're gonna cut this movie down that's probably still one of the scenes that goes oh like, no man you gotta include iris west in there well the i agree that iris west if she the problem is is that flash's backstory in particular in this film doesn't add anything to the plot of the film it adds to flash's backstory big time and it builds him out and i think where that's where this run runtime benefits the film is because they have time to do stuff like that but that scene in itself you could extract that and put it straight into a flash movie and it's a great yeah. scene for a flash movie but it doesn't it like again we're judging this four-hour movie but mm -hmm. like if i'm looking back at if you were to take this movie if wb said this movie is going to theaters you have even three hours it's probably one of the scenes and also hit the scene with his dad that you may pop out reshoot for the flash film because i agree they look awesome but those two scenes don't do anything for the film the justice league film you think it sets up though like it kind of intrigues the audience more to be like like because we knew at the time we're getting a movie of flash 100 so percent. Like, look at this guy what he can do how cool he is make sure you see his film because this is like the money shot for that character at least, yeah right? I, I fully agree that it does a lot for the flash and the character and builds anticipation for that but like if you were to trim this, it's probably some of the stuff that goes. Like I, I kind of get why I don't understand why all of it goes, but I understand why some of this went if you were to cut this down to a theatrical release. Yeah. Just, just and they never really come back to it. 
no. from the rest of the no. movie. Can, can, can we I, say too uh, Barry Allen's moments with his dad, like how great those are? Because mm-hmm. I thought yes. those were brilliant scenes. Like just the act that played, obviously Doctor Manhattan, right from um, Oh right, yeah. Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I thought those two uh, chemistry was just incredible. Yeah, I like the drop line in there about making your own future. Yes. That plays into mm-hmm. the stuff later on. Like, don't and worry about the past, the make your own future. Yeah, it's yeah, that, that yeah. cool. That's a nice little foreshadowing for what happens later. Yeah, well, yeah. I think it really, like, hits home when you see at the end of the film, I know we're jumping ahead, but when he's running really fast and he's like, Dad, I want you to know, like, I was the best of the best. Like, if you don't put that earlier stuff in and he's just, like, talking, you'd be like, okay. But then, like, when you see his, like, love for his dad and it's, like, you know, it's this big theme in this film is fathers and sons. Yep. Right. And mothers and sons a little bit with cyborg, but it is specifically fathers and sons I took from it. So to see that, you know, I really think it like hits home at the end. It's just like an emotional one. He's like, Dad, like, I want you to know I was like the best of the best. It's it's uh, <laughs> getting a little bit misty eyed myself here. It's uh Oh, it's great. Especially with that beautiful, man. It's yep. savage, man. It's so sad. It's, well we'll it's, get it's there. Perfect. Stop walking on my on my outline. <laughs> I have yeah. I have a plan, Sanjay. Sorry, man. Yeah. I I I, I didn't plan for it. It just happened. I know. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Dad. And we'll get we'll get into this, dear listeners. Remember this moment when we get to to some of the stuff later on. All right, I think I'm last for the first three chapters here, and so <laughs> you guys covered a ton of it, and um, yeah, we've got to echo a lot of what's been said around the table. Troy, you, you're talking about Cyborg and like this first half of his origin story that we get in these first three chapters. Um, well, I thought the football stuff went on a bit long. Some mm. of the things they play with, like him manipulating the grades of a classmate to help her out through a rough time. I was like, holy smokes, that's an amazing setup for the type of human being that Victor Stone is. And then when his father is explaining the scope of his powers. Yes. What an, like an amazing monologue by his dad. And then when you get to that part, when he's talking about his ability to influence the financial systems of the world, and you get the cool scene with the bull and the bear fighting and he walks in and he's just reviewing the CCTV of the one uh, waitress Mm -hmm. and the single mom with the two kids, man, that is one of the, most powerful and poignant and touching moments in any superhero movie ever. Like mm-hmm. we've had 30 of these things plus in the kind of modern era. And I consider the modern era of superhero films to be Iron Man one on. Yeah. We have never gotten anything like that before mm-hmm. where a hero takes such an invested and deep look at the life of a common person and does something that's actually not kosher to help them out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because he's kind of ripping off the Gotham Bank or whatever, and <laughs> I'm the last person that's going to cry about a bank not getting their due. But, um, man, that that was amazing, just yeah. amazing. And what a powerful scene. And, like, that, like all the kind of real-world stuff aside – that cemented Cyborg as probably the best character in this movie, like mm. beginning to end yeah. and probably the guy with the best McFarlane action figure coming out. Like, <laughs> man. Well, it, it's to your point on that. It's so cool that you got his father basically walking him through and outside of Superman, making him probably the most powerful superhero mm-hmm. in this film. But mm-hmm. then what does he do with that? He helps 
you know, just a, a lady that's down on her luck, that's having a rough time with her kids. It's yeah. not like he's going to battle with the the financial, you know, with Wall Street. It's not. I'm going to help this one woman after you've just exploded this guy's power set. It, yeah. It's kind of a very cool juxtaposition to say he's this powerful, but this is what he does with it. It kind of shows yeah. that he has the power, but he's also got the soul still, right? He's got that that mean? same guy still inside of him, even though three quarters of his body isn't there anymore. He was yeah, raising no, the was... stock at GameStop. He was like, let that baby ride, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just so cool and so true, right? Because in our digital world, he would be one of the most yeah, powerful yeah. guys. Like, Diana can hack and slash and bracelet blast all the people she wants, but mm-hmm. she could never make the impact that that guy could if he really wanted to, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, or positive or negative. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was amazing. And to to speak to Diana who we'd never touched on that museum scene, like what a difference between the theatrical and this. And like, I got in trouble because that museum scene plays out. And I know people have been kind of down on like the, uh, the chanting or like the musical cue that they added to her theme song with the, yeah, it totally fits the character. Like it's exotic and mystic and ancient. And I love that. Granted, the kids and I were trolling my wife because every time she'd do something, we'd be like, ah, like, dinner's ready. And, ah, (laughs) but man, that museum scene plays out and she, she is just a badass tears through all these guys. It looks a thousand times better than anything we saw in this theatrical cut. And then right away they have the foresight to be like, she ripped all these guys apart. And then it's like, okay, is everybody all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Princess, are you all right? Like yeah. amazing encapsulated Wonder Woman's character in one scene. And I turned to my wife after that scene. I was like, that was better than the entire Wonder Woman 1984. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, man, it was a different Diana for sure. I was like, shit happened between 1984 with her not wanting to like hurt a single person till 2017 when she's ripping these terrorists off. Yeah, and even if it's just the difference in the director's visions or whatever, like at least for me, this is where it was at. Like I, I loved her in this movie, but uh, I gotta go with my boy, Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Man, come on! I was just in love with this guy. Like his exchange with his exchanges in Iceland with the townsfolk and Arthur, and like Troy said, like smartest guy in the room, and he's playing all the angles trying to play coy at the outset but at the same time he knows that his time is finite and he needs to get this done and then his conversation with alfred on the plane and talking about being the guy that ripped everybody apart and like sure there's some continuity issues there but the speech was amazing and it did so much to humanize him and it was a completely different character from what we got in bvs 100 percent. like honestly like Sure, this movie is called Zack Snyder's Justice League, and we'll get into it again at the end, but make no mistake, like the Justice League movies that Zack Snyder wanted to make and what we got on the 18th are two different things because this movie is a product of them stopping after BBS and saying like, dude, you can't do this again and parachuting in your John Berg and your Jeff Johns, right? And I think this is where you see some of those studio notes in the writing and like... I know people want to turn their nose up at it, but this is where that collaboration stuff like really pays off. Mm-hmm. This is where you don't get a Wonder Woman mall scene, but you get this amazing museum scene where somebody like a Jeff Johns has the foresight to saying, okay, that's cool. You want to do all this 
amazing super heroic stuff, but let's make sure that we just put a pin in it with how she handles like the little girls who are just held hostage kind of thing. So, um, and I saw this play out in spades with Bruce as he goes through this and like the bits with Bruce and Diana in the back cave, like, man, that, that was awesome. Like I love the subtle flirtations and even just her and Alfred with the stupid tea. Yeah. That's that's awesome. awesome. It put such a huge smile on my face and like Jeremy Irons, Alfred, like, man, he's easily my favorite Alfred. Oh, yeah. Like I just, his delivery and his presence yeah, and tough. just, yeah, yeah. And he seems like a really good foil for Bruce. Like yeah. when he's challenging Bruce on things, you get that father son relationship and you feel like big burly, badass Ben Affleck is a little boy yeah. compared to the, like mm-hmm. when he's responding to this guy, he's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta make this compelling argument to my dad. So he doesn't, you know, take me to task kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Can I piggyback off what you were mentioning before there about with Bruce Wayne, you know, and the difference from BVS to now? Yeah, and, um, and and again, I, it, it's Zach, man. I think it's so cool because unlike a certain property that's happened, but it's in a good spot right now, um, Snyder's had a vision this whole time of what he's wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so to see the change of Batman, Bruce Wayne from BVS, which is I, I still really like that Batman. It's cool to see that he's grown and he's changed. It's a clear change, but it's cool to see that he's like – kind of kicking himself for like what he's done mm-hmm. and he's taking all that weight on himself and he's trying to fix things and it's so cool to see the parallels of what he's done in bvs to now for me leading into that um that winter soldier or even the wandavision what it did to age of ultron or what um captain america winter soldier did to captain america one and i think this actually really improves bvs a lot for me just to see mm-hmm. that dynamic and change and and that through line vision of character growth because we, we've seen it with superman now we've, we've seen it with um clearly bruce and i mean going forward we're probably going to see that too with barry we do see it with barry basically so mm-hmm. i just oh. well and, and that i'll build on that in our in our back half here but yeah let's take it to that back half now so we go through our final three chapters so the change machine which is basically when they figure out what the mother boxes are all about and they start putting their plan together and it leads to the resurrection of Superman with all the King's horses. And then that big final battle with something darker. So Troy, man, Sorry. you just Gross. popped off. So give us everything you got, man, from the Sorry, last you know conversation I'm, to this one. You guys are going to kill me and I don't, I don't want to be this guy that's all over the place, but I mean, we, we can't talk about, well, not, not talk about the, um, the Zeus scene. Like the big right. hero battle, right? Like that, yeah, man. Not to rewind here, but I mean, come on. Like, what was your guys' thoughts on that? That was that was huge. Ooh. We got we had the Green Lantern, we had Zeus, we had Ares. Back and they got from, the guy you know, who played Wonder Ares Woman? in Wonder Woman come back, which I was That's like, right, oh my he's god, credited. he's credited for right? Like that, that was huge. That was a wicked battle, and that was like three hundred Spartans. Like it's just all that the glory. It was all there, man. It was all there. No, yeah. it was cool. And actually, to build on your point about like people of color being in the movie, I love yeah. that. Snyder made a point of, okay, you got Amazons, you got Atlanteans, and you have the tribes of men. Yeah. And when he shows the tribes of men, like, mm-hmm. it's not just a bunch of white guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Uncle there's, Williams like, or... Persian guys yeah. and Asian guys and yeah. African guys. It's like, yeah. that's cool. That, right. Because nobody ever thinks of doing that. Like, no. sure, the mother box ends up with the guys from England, but, like, <laughs> yeah. what, what are you, you going to do? And they just bury it. Like, I, I found this quite funny. Is the, the dudes <laughs> just bury it in the woods. And all yeah. like the Atlanteans and Amazons have like like this perpetual protection around it, 
for like thousands of years. And these dudes, they just bury it in the woods. It's fine. Like it's so like what? <laughs> yeah, that's so, what men would do, man. Like, it's that's so funny. Yeah, just put it under the tree. In fact, the big oak one, you know, so we know yeah. where it is. <laughs> no, Troy, oh, man, I, I, I agree with you. That scene is awesome. Like there's mm. so much there. It's got that Lord of the Rings s. That's been tossed around a lot yeah. about comparatively yeah. what this is. This, this isn't like your your comic book movie. This is more of like your epic Lord of the Rings, like the elves and men and all this coming together, right? And fighting yeah. Darkseid. I'll say my only problem with this scene is it makes Darkseid look weak. Yes, there's a lot of power, but this is supposed to be your big bad villain, and you have him go down with a couple arrows and a axe strike from Ares and they like drag him off and dump him in the ship and he passes out like to me this this takes a lot of wind and puts I think even more behind Steppenwolf as being because he go he walks through everyone the Atlanteans the Amazons and yes you do have the gods and all this that are are fighting but it just seemed that it took a little bit of wind out of the dark side sails for me and yeah. well, I, he was I, I supposed to be like Uaxis, like his like proto dark side. Always mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah, he's, so, yeah. he's kind of like he's the inverse of like Farmer Thanos, where you. Like, uh, okay, so I didn't, I didn't catch stuff. that. I, I thought yeah. they're the same guy. So, it, it's, uh, it's that. and and drop a pin, bro. Drop a pin in Earth, man. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> come on, this is this is like your greatest defeat, and you just like leave it and take off, leave your mother like, boxes. I don't want to like, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I've spent, spent my whole life looking for this place again. It's like serious. Like, like yeah, he was knocked <laughs> out, man. He couldn't remember. Right? The history like, of Google Maps old. wasn't in anybody's phone. Anybody's I, mother man, box. You you yeah. flew here. You can drop a pin in this, dude. Like, <laughs> come on. I will say, like with. Dark side, you know, like yeah, I could kind of see that, but then they redeem him with like the other scene with uh when he goes bad, and then they show like uh I'm, I know I'm jumping ahead, but they show like other members of the Justice League getting killed by him, mm. and like him, you know, like being a total badass in that scene. So you can kind of see like the growth of like how he was like five thousand years ago or however long ago it was compared to like how he is <laughs> now. You can see him like plowing through the Justice League rather easily. So, but if if that let's say let's just say. <laughs> That that was Steppenwolf that failed there, and that's why Steppenwolf's pissed off, or Darkseid's mm-hmm. pissed off at Steppenwolf. I I agree. You need Darkseid in there. You need to build him. You need, like, but it's just for your big big bad. You know the guy at the end's like, screw it, let's do this our old way. It's yeah. just like, well, you got your ass beat before. Like, what's the difference now and then? And I I, I yeah. guess there is the leveling up and all that. But I would say that's that's my only criticism of that scene is the the heroes are too powerful almost. Well, and to your point, there probably should have been some dialogue about him leveling up all the time, right? So mm-hmm. Desaad, instead of like taking the piss out of Steppenwolf all the time, should have been like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's he's leveled up, he's ready now, so you need to get your job done." It, was I the only one that thought Steppenwolf was kind of cute? Like he kind of looks cutesy with his like eyes, and like he takes off the metal, the armor, and he's got like little like turtle skin. <laughs> I did. I will give them credit for making him an actual character, and like. You actually felt sympathetic for this guy, mm-hmm. like where he's just like, I, I just want to be able to come home type of thing. And mm-hmm. you have like the secretary blocking him all the time with the sod, yeah. like not letting him get his call to connect. It's like, <laughs> you don't get to talk to the yeah. boss. Those yeah. cosmic calls, man. Cosmic calls. It's a lot of cosmic calls. Yeah. But yeah, Troy, you're absolutely right. That scene shouldn't go oh. uh, unspoken yeah. mm-hmm. to. And, and the effects on it were awesome like especially seeing the progression from when snyder dropped that first trailer at fandom to seeing what dark side looked like 
in the final film. Oh, oh yeah. man, like it was great. Like was, I saw was some this stills scene today in Justice League 2017. Yeah, a lot shorter though. Yeah. With yeah. Steppenwolf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Right. Yeah, and yeah. you see the Green Lantern from like a distance. You'd have to like really be looking to see. Okay, Green I don't remember it all. Mm-hmm. That one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't get to see Yalan Gur and all his glory type of thing. No, so he looked wicked, yeah. and I loved how they had like the the logo with the the projection mm-hmm. kind of hanging in front of it and stuff. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. No, he Way looked good. Cool. Got me Way excited cool. for whatever JJ's got cooking up on HBO Max with Greg Berlanti there. But uh, yeah, yeah Troy, take us away, man. You, we can keep on this, or we can yeah. go into the next little bits. Yeah, what chapter are we on here? Sorry, chapter four. What's that one? <laughs> the change machine and all <laughs> the, the king's horses, which would be like the introduction of the mother boxes, or at least the mother boxes to the Justice League and yeah. Cyborg explaining what they're all about and how they work, and then them deciding that they're going to use this thing to resurrect Superman. Yeah, yeah. So this this is cool to me. Um, it's really five and six that mm-hmm. really blow me away so once we get to the points um cyborg be able to um communicate as well or work on bruce's um ship Mm -hmm. because he's the one's like you know we're we're gonna make this happen we're gonna get this thing to fly i thought that was cool i loved seeing the differences between the justice league because now they're slowly forming which is cool because this movie they're not just instantly heroes all together you kind of see them do their own things and they eventually come together and i liked them coming up with um with Superman, bringing him back. I really like that way more this time because we knew, obviously, Superman was going to come back and they didn't try and tippy-toe around it. Whereas the marketing was so weird with the 2017 where it's like, you got to bring Superman in here. Like, what what's going on? And then mm-hmm. by the time they did, it's like, okay. It just, it just <laughs> didn't really work for me. But here, bringing him back and then Cyborg having that connection to the mother box and the mother box is like, don't do it. And then like, I already <laughs> went over this, right? And then Flash does it. When Superman comes, and I know we had part of the scene in the original. This is uh, this is Dragon Ball. This is Dragon Ball going on here, man. When <laughs> Superman is taking on the three Justice, he's taking on Cyborg, he's taking on uh, Wonder Woman, he's taking on Aquaman, and obviously Flash does the runaround, and Superman can spot him. I thought that was amazing. I loved Cyborg's um, mechanic, his defense mechanism. He's being he's out of control. He's like it's it the mother box. My body is telling me to stop this guy because he is a threat. Mm-hmm. I thought that stuff was just really cool, and I love that they cut out that um, uh, that Batman bit, that humor from the 2017 one. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> I love that they got rid of that, uh, and then um, so, yeah, Su- Superman looked good. The black suit. Well, he gets the black suit a little bit later on. The Martian Manhunter scene as well. The Martian Manhunter scene. I jumped out on my couch. I, I was like, oh my God, they're doing this? Because we got that dialogue with obviously Ma Kent. And I love this uh, Ma Kent, the actress that plays her. She, she's fantastic. So seeing her and Amy Adams, cool. But then when she leaves the room and her eyes turn red, I was like, oh my. And I jumped up and my wife's looking at me like, what? Like, who cares? I'm like, this is Martian Manhunter. Are you kidding me? This, this, this is amazing. She's like, who? Huh. Man, you don't understand. This was amazing for me just to see them bring back that character, that actor. And again, because Zach had that vision, he knew where he wanted to put this character. Um, so that that was a that was a win for me. And the Superman bit when he puts on the suit and it pays homage to the Man of Steel, and we hear that that Hans Zimmer score. Yes. Oh, man, that score is used so well in this movie. I it's the best oh. part about the score to me is when it's so good. They interlace it's that so with every good. Lois Lane scene. 
you get a yeah. bit of that twinkle of that score. Oh. It is so well done. So well it's done. It's so man. good. It's so good. And Lois obviously looking around and seeing the pregnancy test. There's oh just, man, that ugh. was crazy. That was oh, was that, that, that was is, great at the. It was that Bruce oh. Wayne's baby though. No, no that, that was just I'm on just the whiteboards, man. I'm just kidding. I just had to get place, it. Like, did they say like when this takes place after BVS? Like, my understanding is still, like a, a month or maybe two months it's after. Like days, Pretty close. isn't it? Yeah, it's days or weeks. Yeah, like it's really like right away. It's not it's, like it's super close. Yeah, yeah. I guess they do. They do explain that Lois has been going to that statue for a little bit of time at least. Right. So yeah, you're probably more into the weeks, I would guess. Yeah. But yeah, having having you know hearing um, uh, Jarrell talk to Superman and hearing Jonathan talk to Clark, and you see the costumes in the background, it was is magic. He rises up to the sun. Huh. The only thing for me is maybe just maybe I could have used some explanation for why he needs to don the black suit. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't really bother me. It's like super super minor. I could have just liked to known like this suit maybe makes you a little more powerful when it absorbs the sun. I don't know, but. The Apart way I that, took it was it was like a homage to his dad. Like which one, Jorel or like or, to uh, to Man John of Steel, yeah, his his Jorel, yeah, his dad. Like okay. they cuz they were that that's the thing I liked about the black suit. It didn't it didn't bother me that he jumped into it there because mm-hmm. they're in it in Man of Steel. Like that is seems to be like their normal regalia oh, okay. or whatever you want to call it, like costume yeah, it's or too, right? kind it's of darker. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that's what they wore and so like Russell Crowe in that role, it, that's why I think the Superman and the 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 Jor-El, is it in Superman and Lois stands out as like dude from Bar Down the Street because <laughs> Russell Crowe the way they use his words in all of the films, yeah, like I I love him in that role, and yep. when he's like walking down, and you hear that voiceover from both him and Costner, yeah. I'm like yeah, but every time you hear that voiceover from Crowe. In that role, I'm just like yes, and that score, yeah, yes, man. and so that was the leap I made with the black suit. Was like, okay, I'm a, I'm gonna start from basically like, from the beginning here. I'm gonna jump into this suit. My dad wore this. Yeah, the Kryptonians wore this, and we'll kind of go from there. That's that's kind of how I took the black suit, as opposed to being the evil Superman. It was mm-hmm. it was the Kryptonian Superman. Right. That's cool, man. I love yeah. that yeah. explanation. Like yeah. the the comic book explanation for it is like the black suit. It's a regeneration suit for him. So it actually absorbs mm-hmm. sunlight more and allows him to heal and stuff. But like mm-hmm. they never give you any of that color in this. Yeah. And in fact, for everybody kind of arguing that he was in a Kryptonian battle suit when he was wearing that black suit and had no powers kind of thing yeah. at the time. So he's got the gun. Didn't he have the blaster back then or something? Yeah. He had the, the two yeah. guns and yeah, all the, <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> that's where he was at with that black suit. But I love that lens that you put to it, Tim, being somebody that wasn't overly familiar with that, just being like, yeah, in the context of the Snyder movies, it's a tribute to his father and his Kryptonian heritage. Like, that's cool, man. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Timbo, why don't you build off? Let's stick with these with these two parts here, like yeah. up to up to Superman's rebirth there. And yeah. Yeah, I, I Master I, Kent. I think my my enjoyment of Flash continues well into this part here. I find that the Flash plays a unique role of the audience, and mm-hmm. you always have to find this way in. He's kind of the the every dude. He has a very unique power set, but he seems to be as we go through calling things out that I'm thinking in my head, why is this happening? And he calls it out, 
you know, in the next scene, you know, from the, are you coming with us in Cyborg? Like he's not going to fit in the car to the yelling at people when, when Diana said, we need to do this together. And then no one's doing anything together in that fight scene. And he's like, Mm -hmm. this is not together. I love (laughs) those moments with Flash. And I think this, what makes me happy about the writing in that is that they're conscious of those things that are happening. They're making conscious decisions that Diana just said, okay, we do this as a team. And then everyone sprints off and does their own thing because they're not used to working with anyone. None of them are. And Mm -hmm. the Flash is the audience being like, okay, like, let's do this together. Even him running up and down the stairs being like, are you okay? Are you like, it's those (laughs) subtle moments with the flash that make me enjoy his arc more and more as I consumed it further and further into the film. He is the realist in all this. He has this crazy power set that we see evolve into something even crazier by the end of the movie, but he is the one questioning everything that is happening. You know, even when they're standing in circles, debating whether or not to resurrect Superman, he's the first one to call it being like, yeah, like, we're all thinking of it. The whole audience is thinking this. Like, where the hell is Superman? <laughs> and he's the first one to say it out loud. I'm thinking it. I'm not going to say it, but I'm thinking it. And then this is where we go and where we progress to. And so the Flash continues to be one of my favorite characters through this whole film because he puts a, an interesting lens on all of this. You've got some pretty wild power sets building up in here. And the Flash is perpetually just being like, eh, I really don't know. And then they all take off from him when he's up on the roof. I thought, like, that's a holdover, I think, from... 2017 so obviously it was the snyder scene but it's another cool moment Mm -hmm. of his his almost ignorance to what's going on is they've all took off and he's still standing there being the fastest one in the room (laughs) you know he's the one standing there not noticing people are gone and so it's, it's really nice moments with flash that help pull this and ground this movie a little more i know the idea of this universe it's a bit more grounded and gritty and all that but I find The Flash does a lot of the work to make it a bit more accessible to the audience as to what is going on. And narratively speaking, I think it really works too. For me, the Aquaman stuff in here, how he, he just kind of shows up, he comes and goes. I, he, he, I think, has the weakest arc in this film. And I think it shows through in, I think, parts four uh, in particular with everything that's going on in Atlantis. The, Atlantis doesn't seem like much. Like it's it's very barren. There's like six Atlanteans you see, and a couple of them that get dragged up on shore. It doesn't. It feels like the Themyscira is the only place in this movie that feels like it's populated by people. Everywhere else seems pretty sporadically populated. Even Earth, right? There's maybe twenty characters in this film, and you never feel outside. Like especially with man or whatever you want to call it, you don't get a scope of what's going on with everyone else. Even and Atlantis feels that way too. It's Aquaman, Mira, and like a couple guards. And then Vocal too, I guess. So Aquaman's story is the weakest in here. I think that's okay though, because he he's there, he provides a few laughs, and he's got the strength, and he does a lot of work, at least the literal heavy lifting towards the end of this. But but in these parts, I find Aquaman takes a bit of a backseat to everything else that is going on. And in hindsight, like we have his movie now, and so it's it's kind of hard to judge Aquaman because we've gotten his story laid out in a bit more detail and so i can forgive what's going on here a bit more than maybe i would have in 2017 because i i understand what's going on with atlantis like that the scope of that film is so big it don't really feel that here and that's okay because the scope hadn't really been defined and you can't waste a whole bunch more time defining what aquaman is and then yeah once we get to the the mother box explanation i like the 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 dialogue we get there and some of the exposition that helps me make the leap as to what everything what's going on here what the mother boxes are and cyborg does a lot of work there 
I do. The only thing I will say is the leap to resurrecting Superman. Uh, like that, and I guess that's a question for you guys: is how long was Superman in this universe for? Like for Flash to say he was my hero, for Aquaman to know who he was, you know, for Diana to really know who he was, and Batman. I guess they have a bit more because of Batman versus Superman. But this leap that they all simultaneously make to being like, yeah, we gotta get, we gotta get Superman up. Is that a leap or is that a believable leap? I guess, or is that just like the pace of the film we need to get there? They infer in the previous movies that he's been around for a while, right? Because you get the montage and yeah, saving a lot of people and all that, yeah. And then you get the like even the end of that movie, all the people mourning him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you get a bit of the mourning in this movie too. And then like even ones like Suicide Squad with like the guy selling the Remember Superman shirts and stuff okay. like that. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess they infer that he's been around for a long time. It, Plus, it's th- weird because you kill him off in the second movie. Right? <laughs> Plus but... is, is, is Shazam take place before this? Because I didn't really pay attention to that movie. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think one of the members mentioned, and maybe they were talking about Barry, but I thought Barry just went to a convenience store. But one of them mentioned a liquor store. Bruce mentions a liquor store. And I thought he was talking about Shazam in the liquor store. Were they referring to Barry? I think so. They were referring yeah, because you remember in BBS, the like snippets that like Lex Luthor has that like, yeah, he, Barry like pushes the one guy and then. Yeah, that's a, that's a liquor but, store, uh, though, I guess. But to your right? point, yeah, Shazam takes place after Justice League. Like, I don't know how it fits in with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, but it does take place after because, like, okay. there's all, like, those merchandise, and then Superman shows up, right, at, like, the school. So, like, it would have to take place after he was after. resurrected. Okay, okay, yeah, I didn't know if that was during, like, the... Or he could have been, he could have been before, but then Shazam would have been like left out on the sidelines. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna battle Steppenwolf." Well, that's Shazam, why I mean, right? That's why I thought like, if it was the like, liquor if, store, if yeah, it was no, before was Shazam like... would have been like in the Justice League for sure. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Okay. Yeah, and and to 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 wrap me myself up here for part five, I'd say the is it the Heroes Park battle or whatever it's called. I like yep. this one better than the theatrical version. I think it's a bit more fleshed out. It has a bit more of a connection to to Lois Lane cuz correct me if i'm wrong in the theatrical version the, when does alfred show up with lois lane like at the basically at the same junction kind of thing okay. but it was planned right so she was like the quote unquote big gun mm-hmm. that bruce yeah. had Th- line this, and weight this seems more natural because her scenes out of they kind of seem just dropped in periodically just because we yeah. need them not because they have a driving point until we get to this scene where she shows mm-hmm. up like the her scenes and and ma kent scenes are the ones that feel the most out of place because I, I had a huge issue with batman versus superman and the editing the way the film's constructed and the the way everything is chopped up a lot the only mm-hmm. time i felt that was with lois lane and ma kent scenes that they almost felt like they were parachuted in to serve this purpose like you i you need them i don't know how you construct them any differently but they do feel a bit more parachuted in than anything else yeah no that's that's definitely fair so, Sunny, yeah. have we hit you yet for these couple? Uh, no, no. Unless you want to go next. Yeah, that's sure. Man. You're always last. You're always last. So you know what well, they say. Well, that's what, that's age okay. I try, beauty. I, I try and emulate uh, our man Tim here with uh, when I wear the host and cap. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just to kind of build on a couple of points that you guys brought up, Troy with them, uh, or Tim with them formulating the plan to resurrect Superman and that conversation and that process that plays out. Like I really loved how they 
explained how the mother box would work to bringing him back, which was kind of neat. And when Cyborg flashes up that hologram of Superman on top of the mother box, like so cool. And like Mm -hmm. Troy, like you said, like the use of the Zimmer score for those moments, just it's almost like Tony Stark in Far From Home where the character is not in the movie but he's in the movie mm-hmm. type yeah. of thing. And yeah. a lot of those other scenes did that uh, for me as well. And then with the Lois and Martha scene, like I love that scene and I loved the conversation that they had and how powerful it was. But the part of it that didn't work for me or that I felt undermined it was the Martian Manhunter reveal because it kind of not upset me, but I thought, well, you're going to take away from this mm-hmm. wonderful exchange between yeah. a grieving mother and a grieving daughter-in-law by not having Martha Kent be the person who had the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want to have the Martian Manhunter revealed, then you probably have Swanwick have that conversation with her because they have a relationship from the previous movies. Or you just put pause on the Martian Manhunter reveal and you just let Martha and Lois have that moment kind of thing. Yeah, Like, it was cool, but at the same time, I, I don't know, I didn't love that it was... Martian Manhunter pretending to be Martha. Um, like the reveal was cool and they did it well and he looked wicked. But I, w- I think I would have just liked that moment to be shared between Martha proper and Lois. And then, yeah, Heroes Park, infinitely better. Like just mm. the way that it was lit and shot. And and I love that it was actually a Zack Snyder scene that uh, Barry jumps into super speed and Superman's able to track him and stuff like that. I I didn't know if that was a rewrite or not, but yeah, that was a great, great scene. And um, yeah, man, it just, it looks so much better without the weird color correction and whatnot that they had done in the theatrical cut. Like, yeah, this was, this was pretty cool. And it leads into the extremely emotional and well set up Silas Stone sacrifice. Oh yeah. Yes. because that was one of the things where it's like you guys are fighting Superman, but you leave the mother box sitting in a parking lot somewhere. Mm. Whereas with this, they had the assist from Silas who had the foresight to secure this thing again. And then when he realizes that he's nobody's going to be able to stop Steppenwolf, he gives them uh, the best thing that he can, being a super smart scientist, and puts the hottest hottest metal on earth kind of thing yeah. inside the mother box right and brilliant victor sets that up before talking about how it can yes. store energy and this mm-hmm. and that and Can't destroy it. Yeah. yeah and there was a there was a bunch of cool little seeds that were planted like that and if lois is pregnant like is but, that why superman stopped because he could sense the kryptonian fetus in her yeah. right let's well, confirm that she w- is pregnant right because yeah. like we got uh we got Affleck at the end saying congratulations and she's carrying the bassinet that's true. Mm-hmm. At the end, oh. too. Yeah. I miss that. There you go. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, the uh, house scene when uh, <laughs> yeah. Bruce buys the bank. Mm. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And man, for all the short changes that happened to Superman, like throughout however many hours, 10 hours of Zack Snyder playing around with Superman stuff, Clark Kent in the field with the butterfly might oh. be my favorite thing that he's done with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, I maybe not completely forgive the nobody stays good in this world anymore nonsense that you had in the previous film, <laughs> but this goes a long ways to mending fences, man. Like, 
that was beautiful. Like just showing oh, yeah. like how gentle he was and just kind of that whole rebirth theme with the white butterfly and the death and afterlife themes that white butterflies can represent. Like, oh man, I, I love that. And that was when, and they kind of hinted it that he's absorbing the sun and getting himself back. Like was there standing in the window when he's having more and more recollections and you kind of see mm-hmm. the sun beating down on him. And so that that's one of the things that signifies that, our boy is back and like yeah. Superman is fully formed once again. And Oh, I, I love that. Like that did more for me than like as wicked as him flying up in the black suit in front of the mm-hmm. sun and all that kind of stuff was like just, just the dude with the butterfly in the cornfield. Like that's, that's what gets this guy. Yeah. yeah. It's that's so Smallville, man. It doesn't get any more Smallville than that. Like it's, right. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's so cool too. Cause you have such a powerhouse like Superman. And you envision him coming back in a serious way, right? And mm-hmm. it's the quietest moment in the movie. Yep. Is when Superman comes back, right? It, it's it's pretty wild. And to your point, too, about Silas Stone, I like to think of movies, too, more especially superhero movies, MacGuffin management. About You have this <laughs> thing, right? This thing that everyone's chasing. And whether it's an Infinity Stone, a Mother Box, whatever, right? Tesseract, doesn't matter. But it's important that those aren't just like these boxes that do whatever. And what they do with Silas Stone here and him being the manager of the MacGuffin, I think, in this, because he's the one doing a lot of the explanation as to what it can do, Mm -hmm. what it's capable of him. And when he's doing the cosmic calls, you get a lot of information there. But yeah, that moment, the sacrifice and the leap that you then get with Cyborg and seeing that happen because he's got like he's got a rough relationship with his father but he's coming around to an understanding more as this film progresses and then to see his father make that sacrifice in front of him to effectively save the planet like there's so much done there with just the MacGuffin. it makes to me it makes the narrative and it makes the plot so much better because like you go mm-hmm. back to batman versus superman and like half the movie i don't know what the hell's going on with some of the MacGuffin <laughs> stuff right you're like what's this thing this code word that they're using and then it's this and then it's that and then i don't know what's going on this is straightforward yeah it's a, it's a macguffin and it's things that we've seen before it's chasing around three boxes three powerful boxes but a lot of the work they do in here makes that to me valuable for the film like it makes it connects a lot of pieces up and again coming back to your point troy cyborg is the one that carries this he mm-hmm. makes all of this work yeah, no, and that was a, that was a masterstroke to have the guy whose origin is fundamentally tied to the mm. mother boxes to leverage that, and then to build on the concept of his dad being the guy who's going to be the driving force bet- mm. behind your narrative with how, like you said, the MacGuffin is managed, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they do that, and they even do that in small ways with him telling the CDC guy or like the with the pathogen management he's like yeah i understand i wrote the protocols on yeah. this thing and <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it was cool and it even the cool. atom is the guy is like yeah we shot this thing with all these x-rays and it became super hot yeah and mm-hmm. that's that leaps to to the end here and so there's like all these little nice little seeds planted all the way and a lot of work done by silas stone to make you understand what the MacGuffin is actually doing because then they don't have to be like you know oh it does this it does this and have this whole scene right it, it plays out in explaining everything like every time the MacGuffin's mentioned it's in parallel with building either a character's backstory or a forward progressing idea of what we got to get to here 
it to mm-hmm. me it's always working never they never really stop to explain stuff it's always a forward progression and explain it at the same time yeah no, and, 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 he, and he leaves a little bit of a sprinkle for you to kind of theory craft a little too which is a little mm-hmm. cool, right? You lose yeah. a little bit of that mystery box open for you to kind of play, like the black suit, for instance, right? We're, we're all kind of coming up with ideas of like, mm-hmm. what could that, or why does he need it? I just, I just like that kind of stuff. No, it's cool. It's cool. So, Sonny, yeah, man. bring us home, man. Something right. darker. Yeah, something, something darker. darker. I just have some and I got to say, the ultimate for me was, my favorite scene in the whole movie was Bruce telling Alfred mm-hmm. faith yes. have faith Alfred have yeah. faith because <laughs> that I just love that so much because it's like this is a whole new Batman without having a whole new Batman and that's how this last section of the movie starts off so Sonny take it away man nice man yeah I just have some notes here um well first off Tim you mentioned uh like talking about Atlantis and how like you know it looks very small scale and and whatnot and uh I, I I remember I can't remember if I read this in an article or if I heard it in an interview but Snyder said he did that intentionally because he really wanted to leave that scene that reveal of Atlantis for the Aquaman film and he's like I really want like James Wan to have that moment where we first get you know brought into Atlantis and the scene um, that really shocked me. Oh my God. This, this scene really shocked me was they're talking about, or it was on the scout ship, I, I think. And, uh, cyborg gets the vision of like something darker, like something like bad's happening, right. With the Kryptonian ship and he shows him it. And immediately you're cut to wonder woman on a pyre with the coins in her eyes, like to pay for the river sticks and fire. And you see the Amazonians, like the queen Hippolyta in tears. And I was like, Oh my God god i was like i was not expecting that like that just to me there was like no build-up and it was just such a shocking image to see wonder woman on that fire pit i was like oh that is dark and it works right because like if you saw that if you're cyborg you'd be like yeah hell no 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 right (laughs) and the cool thing is is like with flash's super speed even if he had said i said no Flash has already gone there, you know, around the world, right? Like, he is so fast that just that one little miscommunication, Cyborg had no recourse to, like, say, like, no, 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 right? So that was kind of cool. And um, the Aquaman death scene where uh, Darkseid, like, spears him and uh, with his own trident and kills him, I thought that was cool. And then you see the Omega beams. I was like, oh, my God. underwater omega beams like just mowing down atlanteans <laughs> and uh lois is a key i know like uh batman touched on it where he was like oh he's like i think it was something else like i you know wonder woman's like yeah superman what lois was the key to his heart but then batman's like no it was it's something else like i still think it's like to come and then and you see that scene that's like just like final crisis where Superman has the skeleton. He's like leaning over the skeleton that's all charred. And then um, Darkseid like puts his hand on his shoulder. Another like amazing scene of like that like nightmare Kryptonian sequence. I thought that was super cool. And uh, yeah, man. So up until like then, like I was just like, oh my God, like this is, this is phenomenal. Like it did a really good job of like building you up towards this like final battle. You know, like it's such a, comic book superhero trope but it's like i i like it like people sometimes like shit on it but i like like the final battle i like how like big and bombastic they can be yeah. and, and like the stakes it kind of felt like 
like a Rocky movie, you know, like when you like watch a Rocky movie and like he loses like in the first like three quarters of the film and then he comes back and then you're like, yeah, Rocky, like go get him, Rocky. You know what I mean? It's like that build up to like the final fight was there for me. Whereas in the other one, it wasn't really, it was just like, yeah, okay. Like let's see it. But like in this one, you'd really like tugs at you. like, Oh, that's Stefan Wolf. He's going to pay. He's going to pay. (laughs) For sure. So with that final scene, Troy, my man, you dropped in that DM a ton of times that you're just uh, stealing away a few minutes to watch either chapter four, five or six. Oh my God. Chapter six, man. Oh, Take us home. Sanjay kind of did his piece. Oh. Take us home with what has drawn you to that couch and wrestling with that Crave app oh my many so times like, over these last couple of days. It, it was nuts, man. Things were going down. It was um, it was late. It's late now. My wife's already checked out. She's like, you know what? I'll, I'll watch the rest of it with you later. I'm like, well, I ain't stopping. I'm not stopping. <laughs> and so um, I messaged Sunny because I know you, other guys, you two haven't seen it yet. I'm like, I got to talk to somebody because <laughs> I'm getting into the next couple of chapters here. And I, I, I messaged Sonny like, dude, I'm in chapter six, right? Just starting chapter six or maybe finish chapter six. But I'm losing my mind. I'm like, this is fantastic. This is epic. This is everything I need right now in my life. It and, takes me um, so – I'm always like the man of spoilers. No. And it took me so much restraint not to be like, oh, my God, dude. Like, I just <laughs> wanted to be – I just – I think I said, like, I, I'm not going to say anything. But, like, you're in for, like, something special. Yeah. But, like – I, I really wanted to be like, oh my god, and then they do this, but I was like, no, Sanjay, don't spoil it, don't, don't mess this up, don't, don't. So. <laughs> no, man, no, it, well, I appreciate it, I appreciate, because I, I was blown away. Like, we get the full. Now this is the Justice League, and in yeah. my opinion, the yeah. team we have here right now is on a level of of the Avengers, man. Like right now, these guys, they're here. We have Batman, we have Aquaman, we have Cyborg, we have Flash, Wonder Woman. And Superman. Superman shows up to save the day, taking the axe to the shield. I'm not impressed. And he <laughs> uses the cold breath on the axe. What? Like that is so comic booky. Done well. It is. It is amazing. And the look on Henry Cavill's face. And then we get that that one two three punch with with Henry taking down um, uh, Stephen Wolf. And then and then actually no, sorry. It's um it's Aquaman stabs him. Throws him mm-hmm. in the air, and then Superman knocks him, and then we get that wicked slow mo shot of Diana with the score, slicing him down. Like, I don't, I just don't see anybody else doing action better than this guy, man. Than what Snyder pulled. We have Henry Superman using the laser eyes, taking off Stephen Wolf's like, like I don't know what that is, like that that horn on his head. All that stuff was amazing, and the, and the stakes, man. The stakes are there for Cyborg to get his hand on that mother box. Flash gets hit. You know, we I already mentioned how cool it was with that score and the slow-mo and everything was firing on all cylinders, man. Because we kind of had a little bit of this, right, with the 2017. Mm-hmm. But this was just done on another – and the color grade. The color looked so much better than that 2017 one. Just, just fantastic. But for me, my favorite part of all time in this film, it's, it's the nightmare sequence. That nightmare sequence? You kidding me? Like <laughs> – Oh, we'll get I, there I, in a second, baby. Mind. We'll get there in okay, a second. Okay, okay. So we're talking. Let's, we're talking let, this. let's just cap yeah. it with the. Yeah, we'll, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. cool it. I'll cool it a little bit. I'll pump the brakes. But listen, you're turning that, into that Sunday. Six. <laughs> First, you're like a Snyder film. Now you're spoiling things. Who are you? Uh, you're wearing my shirt. Like I'm, this is I'm my bit. I'm about to get a Snyder shirt, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all there. This that that chapter six was just so cool. It wasn't on the level of Endgame because Endgame was like I, I don't see anything 
coming nah. close to that. Unless if it's like Avengers vs. X-Men done properly. I don't see anything, you know, with I don't I, I can't even touch that right now. But what we had here was just it was amazing. And this was this was the not the Avengers, sorry, this was the Justice League together for the first time on that scale. And everybody's heroic. Everybody felt like mm-hmm. a, like a superhero. You know, as as just a real big believer of everybody at that moment, and Dark Side's just just disgusted with what his nephew, well, his uncle, right? Yeah, uh, uncle. Steppenwolf's uncle. Yeah. Just disgusted by this guy. And Granny goodness, that cameo, she didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> the fact that she's there with that hair and everything, I was like, oh, that's that's her. Um, <laughs> and and and, <laughs> and Dark Side didn't quite. I honestly thought for a second he was gonna drop the Thanos. I'll do it myself. I was like, he almost he did. There? Come you on, you almost did, right? You almost did. It's almost yeah. there, but um. <laughs> you know he's gonna make his way obviously to earth but i was just blown away and then we get the shot of the, the league together looking all heroic and mighty and i just i just loved it man it, it was an amazing scene we didn't have that family doing that nonsense you know like hiding from the parademons all that all that junk was taken out thank goodness so i love this scene clearly. yeah man. spray didn't do it for you or the uh the truck <laughs> Sonny, I saw you writing some notes there real quick, man. What do you got for us with this? All right, man. Like, yeah. Sorry, I was just making a little bit of jotting notes because I forget a lot of stuff. Uh, Just to to piggyback off uh, Troy saying, like, with the Flash and stuff, just how much more heroic he was and how much more he had to do in this. Like, you go back to – I hate doing this, but you you go back to 2017. All he does is push one truck, and then it's all undercut, like – yeah, granted, like, I laugh, but, like, Superman has the entire building, and you're just like, man, this Flash is, like, weak, you know what I mean? Like, that's all he does is just push that one thing, whereas in this one, he literally saves everyone by running faster than the speed of light. Like, that was so boss. Um, Time Dark reversal, bro- come on, like, that's mm-hmm. that's huge, right? Oh. Like, Oh, yeah. When you're talking heroic scale, he he saves the world. Everyone else yeah. did their thing because they failed. Yeah. In the absence yeah. of Flash, this yeah. he's the one that rolls it back, <laughs> and like the, they literally show Superman coming back, like the most powerful yeah. hero. Yeah, and they yeah. show it's Flash that saves him. Like this kind of right. goofy yeah. audience perspective, but it's him that with that nice foreshadowing from before that yeah. saves it all. Like there, there's a big audience leap there to be like, okay, Flash can roll back time. He's mentioned it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it it's a bigger leap, but if you're gonna make a leap like that, you do it in this moment, and I think yeah. it's it's done well. Like it's cool. Like yeah, I, I yeah. said, that's like I kept awesome. saying before in 2017, you, you can't save the world alone unless you're Superman. Like that was that was what I kept saying because when Superman shows up, the whole movie, yeah, we're good to go. And the Justice League kind of to me falls flat there because in the absence of Superman, they don't have much control. But this yeah. movie flips that on its head because you have. Superman, you have Wonder Woman, Aquaman doing their thing, and Cyborg in a really amped up way, but they still fail, like you said, Carlos. Yeah. And it's Flash yeah. that that changes that. Well, well, and that's the coolest thing, right? Like, sorry, sorry, I'll, I'll, just no, two no. seconds, but it's cool because the heroic uh, meter for these guys are all high. Like, like you mentioned, Flash saves the day, but again, by him doing so, brings back Cyborg, which we we cut away to Cyborg, but again, like. His heroics are being tested because he's then tempted by his mom, his his self, and his father. But it's actually the mother box, right? The mother box mm-hmm. represents those three boxes represent them. So it's cool again that he he steps up to the plate and and ends up ends up doing what he's doing, right? I just I love how everybody yeah. is pushed to the limit. Yeah. Well, everyone matters oh, in this like fully. Everyone I'll let Sanjay matters. go because exactly. there's there's one man here that sticks out to me, 
and made me a believer. But Sanjay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, Dark Side's throne room, just how badass it was, like with the stained glass windows of Dark Side and the rows rows of parademons. And he's like, "We'll we'll take we'll do it the old ways." I was like, "That's cool, man." Yeah. He'll do it himself, um, right? <laughs> he was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you mentioned the color correction, but like just how much cooler the base was, and like the whole, um, you know, setup was with like you have the tower, and I'll let the Batman talk about it. But like Batman killing the parademons and shooting them, and like doing all this stuff, like battling the parademons, because you know he's a little bit overmatched with Steppenwolf, but he's like, no man, I got my role. I'm gonna take out the parademons, and it was a pretty important role, so I thought that was super cool. Um, uh, what else? Oh. Pfft the group shots you got like them with the batmobile and like the freeze frame <laughs> and the slow motion of them running the into avengers action. age ultron shot yeah <laughs> that, and i'm positive that that was a cheeky clap back at joss for doing yeah because yeah. i'm positive Perhaps. that that shot didn't exist before because we would have seen it yeah that's true actually. Yeah, it would have been in the true. first trailer 100 <laughs> percent yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah. one thing um you mentioned like yeah okay uh, or Troy mentioned like yeah this wasn't the level of Endgame, but like you gotta put it in context this was supposed to come out in 2017, so like mm. if this thing came out in 2017 before Infinity War and Endgame it would have like raised the bar right like that's it that's oh, yeah. final battle was like bigger than the battle of like New York or like the Ultron battle or like um, I don't know like the Man of Steel final battle for me right. so like that that this like end battle is just so epic that like if it came out it would have raised the bar you know then Endgame comes out, raises the bar, and then like yeah. you know, Justice League Part Two comes out, raises the bar. It would have been like this like ladder of like them, this friendly competition of them like one upsmanship. So um, I agree. that was pretty cool. Film. That's only Justice League, right? What's that? Like 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 Endgame took so many movies to get to that, right? Like, yeah. Justice League did this in one film, so it's really really impressive. Like like you mentioned too, this this came out in 2017. Yeah. We completely just shut everything down. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh. Uh, Steppenwolf at the end there. The one thing I will say is like I still think that Doomsday from BVS was a bigger boss than Steppenwolf, because like Superman had to die to kill Doomsday, whereas in this one like, you know, Steppenwolf is still powerful and all- almighty, and like the mother boxes were like a separate thing. But I definitely think if you have like a battle of like Doomsday versus Steppenwolf, I'm putting my money on Doomsday. I think Doomsday yeah. destroys Steppenwolf. They're just different, right? And they're different, right? And like, get the whole Justice League. Get a yeah. dude literally reversing time. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. stop. Him. That's so true. Timbo. That's... What do you got with this sixth little piece here, man? <sighs> to me, I know you touched on a bunch of it, but part six for me is where I become a believer in Affleck as Batman. Look, his yes. Bruce Wayne stuff is killer. Uh, this is by far the best iteration in this universe of, of Batman, this whole thing, or mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne, I will say. But Batman in this scene, you know, he's coming in. He doesn't have any natural powers, right? He's he's rich. But he comes in here and storms the gates and yes. basically paves the way for the four other powered-up guys and gal, literally gal, to, <laughs> to run and defeat Steppenwolf. He's up there with the Batmobile and he's doing the swing and he's up and taking out all the parademons. This, that opening sequence of that battle is wicked with Batman. Yeah. To me, this takes him from the guy that's kind of running in the back for, for parts of this film. Like he doesn't show up 
in the the big lineup at Heroes Park. You know, he's kicking around in the background there. This is where he elevates himself. Yes, he is probably more of your natural leader. He brought the team together. But his power set has been, and I think acknowledged through the film, it's not on the level of any of these other heroes until this point where he shows that, you know, he does the most work in there, save lopping off Steppenwolf's head. Like, it's it's great the what they do with Batman in this scene. I think this makes him a clear badass. I, I really enjoy yeah, it. Man. I like what he does yeah. here, man. It's It works for me. It works for me. For this, sure. This whole scene, this whole fight scene works for me. It's better. It's better than the 2017. It makes more sense. I will say my only criticism of this, and I think I've, I've touched on this, the battle, the scale is big. I never feel the global weight. I never feel, and I think that's probably why they tried to chuck some of that stuff ineffectively into 2017 is to try to say like, there's actual people at risk here. There's there's not a lot going on. And I don't know if that's a snap knee-jerk reaction to Man of Steel and all that, but the Man of Steel and the World Engine stuff, that felt global. This stuff here yeah. doesn't feel as global to me. The scope of this is so big, but I never see it. I never feel it. That's my only criticism of this. Is that the that world's in peril. The, the world never feels like it's at at like the people in the world right like yeah we yeah. know what the point is here and they're gonna pull this together and they're gonna kill the world and the anti-life equation is gonna be there and all that but i never get that true sense that there is a global problem here for them to solve no and i i definitely feel that like to be honest they could have fixed it quite simply when they have that base drop when the unity starts mm -hmm. and they flash to atlantis and yeah. Demascara and to alfred if they had just done that with different locations in the world yeah. to show that if they don't fix this, it's going to affect everybody on a global scale, mm -hmm. they could have really um, addressed that issue. And I definitely agree with you there. And the other thing I agree with you on is how badass <laughs> yes. my boy is. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, I have this huge ultimate Batmobile. It's gorgeous that my wife bought me, but it's like, I had 2017 Justice League was its representation. So it was kind of tucked <laughs> away, like <laughs> under under the table for like a sweet Batman. And like, I kid you not, I watched this movie and within minutes I was down here, like pulling it out a bit, giving it a bit of showcase because, <laughs> yeah. man, he was so yes. awesome. And like the conclusion of his arc was that he was willing to sacrifice his life. Like Batman went into that assault to basically do as much damage as mm -hmm. he could. Um, until they got the best of him and fully expecting them to kill him and then trusting his team and more so Superman to show up and yeah. finish the battle kind of thing. So I thought that was amazing. And they played that out both with how the action went and then with Affleck's dialogue and whatnot and how the team kind of treats him in those moments after that. So that was cool. And like the time reversal thing, that blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Because it was such a seminal moment of this, and it completely didn't exist in 2017, and that they had done the work to kind of play with it and tease it with the resurrection of Superman scene, and then to see it play out here and how powerful the dialogue was and how they had set all that up with what his motivations were. And you get the sense that Barry Allen is a guy that has had this power for a long time and has had to keep himself in check because he yeah. knows that he can create some disasters and kind of like Troy, like it made my anticipation of flashpoint white hot. Mm -hmm. Like 
not just because Michael Keaton showing up as Batman, <laughs> but because I'm genuinely interested in the Flash now. Because let's I, face it, before right there Zack Snyder's Justice League came out, yeah. we were all going to go see this movie for Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck as dual Batman. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But now we're legitimately interested in the Flash. So, yeah, and just like the other little thing with this finale that I really loved was how they seeded Steppenwolf taunting Diana through the entire movie, but the climax the most with just like you failed your daughter or you failed your sisters and what have you done and insinuating that he's killed her mom and that she's, and he may or may not know that she can't communicate with her mom. So he's leaving her with this feeling that he's taken out all of the Amazonians and her mother and Diana knows from facing him that they're not as powerful as her. So maybe he did do this and seeding that all the way through and I love the conclusion where it's like, yeah, Aquaman jabs him and maybe he kills him. But Soups is just sending him back to where he came from because that's like the Soups move. And then Diana's like, ah, I ain't having this. Yeah. And she like chops that guy's head off. And it was perfect. Like it, it, it did all those characters, like you said, Troy, it did them all justice. Like they all came off heroic and like. They didn't have soups going too overboard where people would feel that that was too far out of character. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they got to where they wanted to go with it all. And yeah, like the apocalypse stuff. What can you say? So this leads us right to our epilogue. Oh, sorry. I just want to add one thing. Thor should take notes because Diana went straight for the head, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyways, this yeah. this leads us straight to he our did. epilogue. In Endgame. You saw that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's all good. So, um, yeah, I don't, this was all reshoot stuff and I don't like, honestly, the thing I liked the most about it was that it reminded me of Sanjay and I in so many of these podcasts because make no mistake, Sanjay, <laughs> but like that, when I'm walking away from this thing that has like two of my favorite DC characters in it. And so I guess that would make Tim Deathstroke. In this scenario, um, th- that shouldn't be where it goes. Like no. I, I liked Leto's performance and his dialogue was cool, but I didn't think it added anything to the film. And in fact, it almost took away from it a little bit because you have this big triumphant ending, and you've gone through this four-hour opus of a film, and then you kind of get to this, and it's cool. But this was the first time that I felt that there was something really unnecessary. And it's a cool time to feel that way because you're at the end of the journey. But uh, yeah, Troy, you were pretty excited oh. to talk about this epilogue, Ooh. man. So tell me tell me where you were sitting with this have, one. Have mercy. This scene. <laughs> this scene, man. I love how you said because we're at the end of the journey, but we're not. We're not. We are just getting started with this, man. Huh. To see this world that we're in and actually, you know, after checking out that, um, that, Snyder kind of like screenplay that he has breaking down all the other five films and knowing what these guys are up against mm-hmm. and I think originally it wasn't Deathstroke it was Will Smith it was uh, Deadshot Deadshot yeah right oh, and they, they end up having to go up against Superman and Deadshot gets sacrificed because he wants to protect his daughter and Cyborg Cyborg is the guy that's starting up the cosmic uh, treadmill yep. for Barry Allen to go back in time to communicate with BVS Batman Bruce Wayne and I'm just like this is so epic but Joker wasn't in the mix it was the Green Lantern was... instead of the Joker. Right, right, right. But the but the oh, for me, the dialogue between Joker and Batman, 
Joker wins. Joker ate. If this was a freestyle rap battle, Joker killed him. <laughs> I love he it. Killed when he's talking about sending a, a boy wonder to do a man's job. Oh my god! I was like, this is great because it's true. Listen, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, Robin, my favorite character in the DC universe. But uh, Batman's going to war and he's bringing like a nine year old, a thirteen year old kid with him. <laughs> It's just not right. And Joker calls him out on that stuff. And his whole play on like Bruce Batman, you've seen how many multiverses die or fail because you won't step up and be the bigger man. And when he does that, Jared Leno slash um um Heath Ledger kind of voice, because you won't be the bigger man. I was like, this is so cool because ultimately it's Bruce that's meant to sacrifice himself for Lois. But Jared Leno mentions you don't have the kahunas to do it. this is great bruce truce like all that stuff for me i was like this is amazing i did not like that joker at all in suicide squad not at all and and i've always given credit to the actor i think he's amazing and sanjay and i've gone into it i think he's actually one of the best actors ever to play joker but he's given us the worst joker here i loved it the effect the use of uh snyder's like shaky cam but the focus going in and out i thought was brilliant and then we get Batman and Batman's like, look, I've been Batman for 20 years, you know, during our current time in BVS and Justice League. I've seen all this stuff and I messed up. Right. He's been in the game for a long time and he's tried to do good. He's tried to form the team. He's done all that stuff. Right. He's tried to change it. And now he's like, I've, I've failed again. Like how many times have I failed? Like my parents have died. I've lost Robin. You know, he mentions Harley Quinn. Shoot, the guy in BVS is his friend Frank, I think, in the office, right? Like, all mm-hmm. these people have died, and he's failed over and over again. Now he's just like, I don't care. Like, I am like a bad, bad Batman. And when he's dropping the F-bomb, I was like, yeah, he would. He, of course <laughs> he would. The world is over, right? Like, right. He, he's lost. He he is so far gone. And, and for me, that Batman's earned. Like, that Batman makes a lot of sense to me. The overall look, everything. And then, and then Mirror is, like, completely pissed. And she's his teammate. She's Batman's teammate. And she's even calling out Batman. Like, you don't know what it's like to lose somebody that you love. Like, everything's against Batman. And Batman's just taking this eternal beating. And, and then he has Joker at the end of the day to, to go up against. And he's melting him off. I was just like, this is, this is brilliant. I loved everything about that scene. I'm just to the point where I'm like, I need more. I need more of the Zach crack, man. I'm, I'm all on. I need more of this. This, this, this is just... Just the one and you're hooked? Yeah. I'm hooked, man. I'm feeding for it. And then, and then you know, we get uh, the Martian Manhunter showing up and talking with Affleck. And Affleck looks great. Yeah. You could totally tell this is a reshoot no, now. <laughs> ben, ben Affleck looks great to come back and be, be Batman. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cool. I mean, a lot of people have been like, well, why is Martian Manhunter like now trying to get involved? Like, like where's this guy been during like Man of Steel and <laughs> yeah. BBS? And and who knows? I'm sure they'll they'll maybe answer that. My kind of headcanon is he kind of has a similar background to uh, Clark with Krypton, Krypton being destroyed and then obviously uh, Mars being destroyed. So maybe he just tried to like be low-key for the longest time and he kind of gave up on that. But maybe Superman slash Batman actually as well is giving him hope to kind of return and actually make himself a member of the league that's kind of where i'm going with but Mm -hmm. um yeah man i'm just for me and it's that empire right it's the empire strikes back we get that ending i'm a sucker for the heroes failing and then having to eventually rise again but these guys lost this movie the justice league lost and i'm like wow this is it's it's kind of just the beginning it's kind of just the beginning man so i loved it i do like that kind of part because it's like you could take it either way and we'll talk about that in a second so sunny yeah 
Yeah. This man. epilogue. This epilogue. Yeah. Well, first off, like the the talking uh, from Silas Stone when he's like on the recorder, like a father twice over. Yeah. Man, that was such good dialogue, and uh, you know, heartbreaking again. Like you just see Cyborg with his dad that you know sacrificed himself. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then the other epilogue with Luther and Deathstroke, a little bit different than this time. Instead of like a league of their own, they're like, hey, Batman's real name is Bruce Wayne. And like that would have fed right into Ben Affleck's Batman with him taking on Deathstroke. And that would have been super cool. And uh, it is what it is. Unfortunately, I think that's a loose thread that's not going to go anywhere. Um, but uh, the end, like the, the nightmare sequence. Oh, my God. Like the ragtag Montley crew of this like Mad Max world where it's like Batman mira deathstroke joker flash and cyborg like i don't think there's even there's ever been a comic where such a random smattering of heroes and villains are working together to kind of write things and that's what i really thought was cool it's like it wasn't just the heroes like you throw in a deathstroke and you throw in a joker and i was like oh that's really cool and like you know if they ever did make a sequel i i would love them to throw in someone else like a like a black canary or someone that's like out there maybe like on the periphery of like a you know like a birds of prey or something and throw them in there or like a shazam like maybe throw mary marvel in there i don't know that might be too dark for the shazamily but uh i think that would be super cool and uh yeah you mentioned the dialogue with like bruce and joker you, you try you hit I, I can't say it any better like if it was a rap battle joker would have won yeah you, you totally hit the nail on the head there <laughs> i love that and um i you know it's just like superman shows up but i'm like I'm right there with you, man. Like, I really hope, I sincerely hope that we get more of this. And, uh, you know, it's disheartening to see WB's position on this. And uh, hopefully they change their mind in the future. Unfortunately, you know, I hope they do. And because uh, I really want to see more of this. And I think this was yeah. like the film that kind of cleansed people's palates, if you will, of like a lot of people that didn't like BVS raving about this one. So I think this one, you know, this one could have turned the tide and uh, uh, the, the end sequence. I know uh, Zach and I were saying like, yo, I, sh I shot it with John Stewart originally. And he's like, I really wanted to throw in Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern in there. And I was like, that would have been so epic. Like if you, if you could have thrown Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern, I know this film isn't great, but I think, you know, he has potential and given the right direction and script, he would have knocked it out of the park. And um, that would have been super cool to see the Green Lantern, but Martian Manhunter, you're right. My my headcanon is kind of like yeah he was he wasn't like Martian Manhunter but I think he was like hiding his true form and but he was helping out in his way like he was mm -hmm. a general in the U.S. Army so he's like if I become the Martian Manhunter I think I will make people afraid because like no one looks like me in this universe like Superman's an alien Zod's an alien but they're like hunky guys right like you know what I mean like you know if I'm rolling around like green and like eyes glowing I think it might scare people and i think but he like, could look yeah. however you wanted i guess like, yeah he could, he could make himself look like superman if he wanted so timbo <laughs> building on what Sun, Sonny was saying about going somewhere else or doing something else take us home with your thoughts about the uh nightmare sequence epilogue and also do you see this as a trilogy capper or a middle chapter in a justice league saga Ooh, give me the hard one. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I agree with you guys that this this nightmare sequence is cool. It's badass. You got Joker, Destro. You got you got so many characters in here, and 
you're picking up some of those loose threads from Batman vs Superman too, which I like the continuity pull through there. My issue with it is, and I don't know what you do with it. I, it just feels weird to me. It's placement. I was thinking earlier on, I was like, okay, maybe if you took this and slid it somewhere in the middle of the movie, you could amp up the, the global stakes. Like, this is what's going to happen. But mm-hmm. both of these nightmare sequences are tied to films and are meant to be like a premonition. And the way that the narrative is constructed, it's, it's at least in the movie, I think the general I was wa- watching is, well, if they don't succeed in this movie, this is what will happen. Like, that's the leap that you make. But it seems with both of these movies that no matter what happens, this nightmare is going to happen at some point, right? It is a path that neither of these two movies resolve. And so it leaves a big open door. If you were to take this nightmare sequence and shove it in the middle of the movie like Batman vs. Superman, you drag the entire audience out of it with Joker and Deathstroke and all that. They're thinking like, what the hell is going on? Like you are slapped in the face with Joker and this wicked back and forth. It takes you right out. So if you're going to have this, you need to have it at the end. I think it's too jarring to have it stuck in the middle of the movie. Is it, is it a trilogy capper? I wanted to be like, I think in the absence of the nightmare sequence, it is. I think even with the Martian Manhunter thing at the end, I, I think that's cool because it's basically them saying, the Justice League continues, but we're probably not going to go there. And the significance of, of Martian Manhunter, to me, like what he does in this movie, and I think that's why he needs to be. And I, it's funny because I'm of two minds of this. I agree with your assessment, Carlos, that him being in that Martha Kent scene, it diminishes a bit of their relationship. But it's also him in the background saying, like, no, I know she's the key. Like, we got to get her up. We got to get her out because if Superman shows up and she's not there, look out. And so that's, I think, the importance of Manhunter and what he's doing in the background. He's kind of like you're a watcher, you're a watcher, the guy that's that's moving some of the chess pieces around in the background. Uh, because without that, maybe she doesn't get up and go back to the park that one last time, right? Like, I think that's a bit of the motivating piece behind okay. Martian Manhunter there. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I... I think that that nightmare sequence and it being a reshoot, the intention was to have it be a middle piece in a story because there's a mm-hmm. big chunk that's untold here. I would have liked to have been a capper. I would have liked this film. I think this film, in the absence of that nightmare sequence, is a good capper. And so I think, yeah, you can you can play it both ways. I think that realistically, this is, from what we're hearing, this is the end, but there's always a question mark there. And so yeah. I'm a kind of a two minds of it. I see the importance of it, but I also see it, it. It hurts the ending of this film, but it also adds a pretty cool sequence. Yeah. So Sonny, you touched on this already, but just real quick, like what do you, what do you see this as, or what do you want? Uh, um, yeah. Trilogy capper or middle chapter? Uh, definitely middle chapter. Um, if I was running WB, uh, I I think this has a great place at HBO Max and a great home at HBO Max. And, you know, they talk about running a multiverse. Um, there's no reason why they couldn't just be like, okay, we're going to do our own thing here in the theatrical window and, you know, flash flashpoint and he'll do that. And we'll continue on with, um, you know, the new Superman film and, you know, Zatanna and, and whatnot and Aquaman 2 and whatnot. But here in HBO Max, okay, we know you really love like Snyder stuff. This is just like a one-off to his whole, story will fit these five films boom and then that's what it is so you know to me i would really love wb to continue this i think you know the support's there from fans from critics i think 
everyone's kind of got a little bit of a teaser, a little bit of a taste, and I think people want more. And uh, I think for them to leave this and just say, that's it, that's the end, I think that's the wrong move. And I hope they reconsider, and I hope they give us more. And I really I really hope they do. Can, can Troy? You... Sorry, I just want one more oh, point. Oh, go ahead, I'm buddy. sorry, Carlos. Yeah. I know exactly the seat you're in right now. <laughs> can, can you dump $400 million into two Justice League movies on HBO Max though, realistically, as, as a if like, you're running if you're running WB to get a true return on that four hundred, that's just your production for both those movies, and I might be a bit light on that. Do you get your true return in value not having them as theatrical movies? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, you could throw them in theater for like a month or not, and then HBO Max. But like, I was like looking at the numbers. I think HBO Max has like forty million subscribers right now, so. 15 bucks a month they're making 600 bucks 600 million bucks a month so they're making some pretty serious change there and uh you know for the first time i feel like um well wonder woman 84 as well but i think for the first time people are talking about hbo max as a major subscription service like they're competing with the netflixes they're competing with the disney pluses the hulus like they're in the big boy league thanks to wonder woman 84 and thanks to the zack snyder's justice league so you know we'll look at the numbers and like WB released the numbers like how many people watch this you know I, I, it was all over my feed and it, obviously it was I all don't, over my crashing. feed but, that? I don't think it matters how many people watched it I think it's how many people subscribed to it like it's the, the big yeah, problem in the numbers is that the base for this film was already subscribed to HBO Max like the base was mm-hmm. there and it's like the it'll, up and over that you need It'll be the subscribers and it'll be the churn. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's like three months is like their test yeah. to see how many people still hang on to it three months after. So, yeah. hey, it, Troy, please, my man. Please don't delete your HBO Max subscription because you're mad of, of them, you know, saying they're going to not make a sequel. That's not going to get us a sequel. Okay, keep it. And HBO Max is going to make bank. And then they're going to be like, all right, let's, let's bankroll the sequel. <laughs> all right, my man. Yes, sir. Where's your head at with uh, with this movie? Like, what do you what do you feel it is? Do you feel it's a pivot movie or do you feel it's no. it's a trilogy capper? Um, you know what? With this thing here, whether it's um an end of a trilogy or it's the middle, regardless, it was Zack Snyder's vision. Like, this is what he wanted to do, right? Because initially, his plan was to have two other films follow up, right? Mm-hmm. And so he gave us exactly what he was trying to do, and a little bit more. Uh, where do I see this thing? Or like, I, I hope, I really, really hope more than ever that they continue this because I wasn't a believer before. I really wasn't. But like I mentioned now, I am totally on this train and I need it, man. I, I love this kind of storytelling. I love when the stakes are high. I love the defeat and I love the rise. Sunny mentioned Rocky. I love Rocky films because Rocky gets defeated and he goes back and he trains and he comes back better than ever. And, and that's what I love in, in these stories is to, to see that fall and that rise. And, and Zach's going there, man. And I would just – these heroes have been so amazing to me because we didn't get a bunch of buildup of films to get here. And and clearly there's different ways to do it. Marvel has their DNA and their blueprint, and it works clearly. And I think this movie shows that DC doesn't have to play by their rules. And, they, and they've already demonstrated that with the movies such as Joker. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. to have like a superhero film team up, I love Aquaman now. I love Flash. I've always been loving Wonder Woman. Ben Affleck's my guy, and it's really cool because now, like, the world is seeing like what this guy is capable of as of, of Batman. I was already sold on him. Henry Cavill loved him since Man of Steel. Cyborg, like this guy, blew me away. And 
I, I think Snyder here with what he got to do on a platform where he had four hours to tell a story. This is just so cool and so different because like I mentioned, you would never, ever, ever be able to do this in a theater. And I think this might be a game changer going forward. I mean, if they were to continue this, maybe they would go the bi or not the bi-weekly, but the weekly route of like a Mando where you kind of stretch out things. I've, I've heard rumors that Snyder has been looking at stuff like the, um, what's, what, what are they shooting again in Mando? That, that room, that the really visualization cool room, or whatever it's called the cube or whatever. Yeah. Whatever that is, but I've heard he's been looking at those kinds of things. I feel like there is a possible way to do this with a better budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, this film with what he did with the reshoots was 70 mil. Yeah. So I think there's ways they can kind of cut corners being an HBO uh, exclusive especially i mean look what hbo does with game of thrones they're hungry for something like that again mm-hmm. and i think this film kind of proved that they can kind of do stuff like that everybody was talking about this everybody and they still are this thing was trending on twitter like crazy mm-hmm. and it had legs i i really feel there's an audience more than ever now to uh to check out this um this if universe snyder's Snyder. going to continue with this he needs this platform like short of them pairing him up with a a more economic editor and mm-hmm. a bit of story direction. Mm-hmm. He needs the time. Like he's shown that with every single film he's ever done. Cause every single film yeah. has an extended cut. That's better. Right. Yeah. And he needs the time to tell the story. Like he's, he's visually great, but economic storytelling for a theatrical movie. He, he either needs to be paired with someone, like I said, or he, needs to change what he does because he can't get a movie out in less than three and a half hours that flows right like this flows better than anything he's done for me except for like man of steel like i can't remember i've been forever since i watched it but this to me is the best flow he's ever had but because he had four hours to tell the story well and to your point like part of it too is like how do you go to warner brothers in 2017 and have a four hour you can't you can't read right now right and so yeah, part of that is like the collaboration up front to hammer down what you're doing and to kind of stick to your plan type mm-hmm. of thing, right? Because like he's an artist and so things are created on the fly. But at the same time, like when you're just burning through money and then if your product that you're going to present to an audience isn't going to work, um, that leaves something to be desired. And then you end up back where you were with BVS. Just to go to my point with like this being a trilogy capper versus like a middle chapter i kind of view it as a trilogy capper but not one that you can't grow off of right Mm -hmm. like um the ending for this was great like i grew up as a little kid watching like years and years worth of super friends cartoons where every single one kind of ended that same way with dark side shaking his fist through a, <laughs> a boom tube kind of saying like, yeah, I'll come back. Like granted he was like crazy thirsty for Wonder Woman was the point of half those episodes. But <laughs> like this kind of just felt like these adventures never end. Yeah. Right. So the justice league wins, they save the day and Bruce's dream at the end it's a dream like it kind of could happen kind of wouldn't like it didn't have that tangible tether like the nightmare sequence in bvs did mm-hmm. or like cyborgs did because cyborgs permanent or what the Kryptonian ship through the mother box told cyborg actually came true except barrier verse time yeah. right so that whole nightmare that cyborg sees starts to see fruition when the unity takes place but doesn't come to pass because barrier versus time. Whereas with this, it's like, 
yeah, that could happen. It couldn't happen, but like we're building to a grander league and a grander adventure, but we've won the day and hooray kind of thing. Like it wasn't like an Infinity War or BVS where it's like you have to tell the next chapter because it's incomplete. This is just kind of like Bruce says, like six chairs, but room for more type of mm-hmm. thing, right? So, I like that in I think it's a, a room for more type of thing. And like with the chance to restore the Snyderverse, what does that mean? Like we have movies and productions going on with like his Wonder Woman and his Aquaman and his Flash and things are actively moving mm-hmm. forward. So maybe we do an HBO Max show with his Deathstroke. Hint, hint, poke, poke, because I think that's a really cool thing that you could do on the cheap type of thing. And um, any number of other projects from there. And then the other thing too is like his flash from this triumphant victory in Justice League is going to be on the big screen in his solo movie. And if there's anybody that respects a source material, but what's come before it is like Andy Machete. Like mm-hmm. I remember interviews with him talking about making it and the guy walked around with a copy of Stephen King's it all the time. And he said like, this is, this is my Bible. This is what I have to go by kind of thing. So if anybody's going to kind of put all the pieces in play and get things to where they want it, like I really trust this guy Mm -hmm. with being like, he's not going to be the shepherd for everything going forward, but he's, he has kind of the most important job. And I think WB's working with some good people. Like I think, people don't appreciate how big a role James Gunn has in that brain trust right now. And they're, they're primed for some big things. So final thoughts and a letter grade to bring this thing home. Sanjay. Well, uh, and be concise (laughs) because make no mistake. I'll start. I'll start a little (laughs) bit. It goes like this. Oh, captain, my captain. Our fearful trip is done. The ship has weathered every rack. The prize we sought is won. And I thought that was kind of uh, poignant about kind of this journey that we've been on um, from 2018 until now. Um, everything that people had fought for, everything that people had said was right, everything that people had said, hey, let's let this guy show you his movie. Everyone was like, not everyone, but like people were like, well, we saw what he could do in BVS. You know, this this probably won't be very good. Let's just move on. And it's been a journey. It's been a hell of a ride. Um, and uh, I'm glad that like we got this. And it, it I'm going to be honest, it was way better than I was expecting. When, you know, I sat down to watch it, I had big, big hopes for this film. And to be honest with you, like they kind of... They kind of got blown away because this film for me is a plus 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 extra credit, um, a letter grade. If you want a letter grade, that's a letter grade. Um, it's it's just it's just so rewatchable. Um, you know, it's a four hour film, and it's amazing how quickly those four hours go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a four hour film that feels like a two hour film. You just you just put it on, and no matter where it is, you can just watch it to the end. It's this thing is going to have such huge rewatchability and, you know, I really hope we get like a special IMAX edition. Cause I would love to see this in theaters. Um, this, this journey's this journey's over and, you know, starting the next chapter in DC history, hopefully they include um, something from Zack Snyder because I'm there. And if, if not, I'll, you know, I'll still be like, I'm still going to check out everything that DC has. Like they just announced that uh, Zatanna movie and that's probably my number one, 
most anticipated project now. So <laughs> uh, I'm there for everything. But uh, yeah, this has just been such a journey, and I'm glad I was able to take it with you guys and everyone online. And I hope that it delivered for everyone like it did for me. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. That's kind of a cool journey for this podcast because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. in 2017, they started with you as the Justice League guy, so you're kind of like the Whedon cut, and then now <laughs> I'm sitting here, so I'm kind of like the Zack Snyder's Justice League <laughs> of the podcast. Sorry, I totally couldn't resist. <laughs> Yo, it's, oh, Troy, can get my I agent get your, on the phone right you, now. You need, you need like, a letter. You need a letter grade, Sonny. You need a letter. Oh, you give it a plus 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 yeah. plus plus plus. Extra okay. credit. And, Sorry. And extra credit. Yeah. Extra so credit. Troy, my man. Yeah. You caught your breath there, baby. Whew. Give me your final thoughts and your letter grade. Love it. Love this film. Um, the rewatchability. It's it's all there. Uh, the stakes, the scope, the score, the story. All of that worked for me. Um, listen, when it comes to superhero films, but my favorite superhero film trilogy, it's 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 Captain America. I love the first one, the second one, the third one. Obviously, the second one for me increases the value of the first one. And I don't really have anything that's kind of close, except for maybe what happens in uh, Spider-Man 3. But right now, this movie, what it could have possibly done to BVS. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch BVS. And if that thing is up by like 20% in my likability, I might have a new favorite superhero trilogy because Man wow. is still to me is yeah, Man is still to me is 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 amazing. Man is still is fantastic. BVS the what is it? The special ultimate edition. It it does a significant job of making that film a lot better. But I got to go back to it. And this film 4 hours whatever it's it, it blew me away. It, it it like Sunny said, like it's it's better than what I thought it was gonna be. I, I fell in love with all these heroes. I love the visual cues. Um, just everything about. It. I think I've gone enough about how much I enjoyed this film. I'm probably gonna watch it again soon. <laughs> I just feel like yeah, I, I I need more of this universe. I I don't want to do these comparisons to like the Marvel stuff. It's not better than Infinity War, in my opinion, but I really did enjoy this more than Endgame. Endgame's final battle is untouchable, but this, for me, the time travel aspect, what these heroes were going through, the growth, and it's all just one film. We haven't had like a big buildup to get here, and it's all earned at the same time. It just it just dropped it. It dropped the hammer, man. Dropped the gauntlet for me. So, um, and I love I love Infinity War, and this is this is it's it's not quite there. But it's close. It's pretty close because it's shy of a Spider-Man. But um, <laughs> anyways, man, I, 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 I give this film, um, what did you give it, Sonny? Like an A++++? Whatever it is, I, I do it like times 10. <laughs> but just, just, to, just to make things simple, though, I'll, just, I'll, just give, I'll give it an A. I'll give it an A+, just to be simple. A+. Plus so you didn't me, really man. like it that time. much? I really, really love it. Because you know what this <laughs> film did for me? When I left Man of Steel, I, I knew I liked it. But then it had this weird thing of like, like as the hours went by, I like I kept thinking about it and it marinated, and I was like, I love this film, I love this film, and I and I watched it again when it came out on home video, and that's what this has done to me. I left being like, holy smokes, but it's in the back of my head and it just keeps rewinding. I'm just like, yeah, this scene really worked and this scene really worked, and then just watching like um more stuff of like Snyder's vision, and I just I love the artistry that he's brought into this, and like the things that he mentioned, like using like Cyborg's power set in such a grand way that we've never seen or him being responsible to power up a, um, a, 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 a cosmic treadmill. And even that other storyboard that he has with like Riddler being like hired to figure out the, um, not the anti-life equation. the anti-life equation, the anti-life equation, like just the, his use of like characters in this universe and 
comic book guys haven't even touched on this. I think mm-hmm. there's something really genius about that because we've seen that stuff happen before. And a lot of the times the writers or the directors just go completely wrong. Like the Catwoman movie, you know, so how some people can be so far removed of like the source material, whereas this guy's taking it and doing something really creative with it. And I think there's, there's something to be said about that, which I just need more of that vision. So yeah, man. clearly I love this film. Yeah. Yeah, man. Timbo. All right, boys, look, I, I came into this the most cold. I got to say, walking out of this, there is absolutely nothing that is unwatchable about this. I do not know why WB did not put out a shortened version of this in 2017. It, it, it blows my mind they threw $100 million at this film to make it better. It, I do not know, and I for what, forever be baffled by that decision making and i understand i talked about it last week that it's 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 reactionary right they reacted to something they reacted to batman versus superman they reacted to the mcu if this had to come out in a shortened version and then an extended version i don't know where the dceu would be but it would be in a lot better place right we're, we're getting there we're moving in the right direction had to get that in there for you sunny but there, there's a lot in the horizon that to be excited about but that decision to not put this out I think has hurt them in, in a major way. I I really enjoyed this film. There's a few pieces of it that, yeah, you could give or take. I'm not a huge fan always of, of Zack Snyder's artistic presentation. Um, I don't like that every scene has some shit floating in front of it. Like it's snow or it's (laughs) ashes or it's crap in the water. Like there's some elements of that, the slow-mo I'm not a huge fan of, but like that's nitpicky. That doesn't affect the film for me. I, for this, I focus on the story. Did the story make sense? Did it run through? And it did. It did in a major way. And I found myself endeared to characters like the Flash and Cyborg. And Affleck, I I finally saw him as Batman. And so this did it for me. I I really enjoyed it. I I, Coming into this, I wanted it to succeed. I wanted to be good for Troy and Sanjay. And I walked out of this as a believer. I walked out of this as as a fan of this film. And so I'm going to slap an A- on this for me. That wow. you know, comparatively to, to some of the other films that you mentioned, Troy, and, and some other stuff, it's it, to me it's not an A, it's not an A plus, but it's there. It's it's a good movie. It is a watchable good movie. And I uh, say my first time, I wasn't as hot on it, but when I went through the second time, yeah, you're speaking to the converted now. Like I'm there. I'm 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 cool. I'm 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 happy that this trilogy and this vision was seen through. I think that this was a great experience. The characters to me are redeemed. And the, the, the director had a, a redemptive arc that goes along with this movie, which is, is kind of cool to see. So, yeah, A- minus for me. Let's see what, where we go next. Yeah, man. And what more is there to say? Like, Troy coined the term the Winter Soldier effect, and I think this had it in spades mm-hmm. for everything that they've done previously. And, it you know, I, there's no... No mints and words. Like I was pretty skeptical and cynical about this project, but man, like I freaking love this movie. Like it, it gave me my one ask when we went down this road mm-hmm. was that it does these characters justice and that it presents them in a way that the whole world can see them the way I see them and can embrace them and showcase them in all their glory and man did it ever do that and Zack Snyder's movies always have something that I feel is kind of alienating that you know was a bit of a 
knocks the luster off of what he's doing. Like Man of Steel and certainly BBS had tons of that, but there's nothing in this movie that I truly hated or felt took away from the characters or that was kind of ego over what he was trying to do with the DC universe here. And like, if sure a four hour runtime and given the journey that this movie has been on and the way it was released on HBO max, there are some filmmaker indulgences in there that don't need to be there. But at the same time, like I can't knock it at this point in time. Like if I'm rating this thing as Zack Snyder's justice league, that's what I have to view it as. And I view it as an epic. Like, people have compared it to Lord of the Rings. And yeah, absolutely. That's the scope and the scale of the story that it took us on. But watching this movie, it reminded me of watching like those throwback movies, like you're gone with the winds and your Cleopatra's and all those big scale MGM movies of the past. And like, I grew up on those movies with my mom watching the religious movies all the time. Like it's Lent now. So she's probably halfway through her biblical cinematic universe <laughs> rewatch. And that's what this felt like was just like this grand movie where they take as much time as they need with every single mm -hmm. character to tell the story they want to tell. And that you go on a journey with each and every one of them. And Man, I, I love this. Like, And finally, I have a movie that I can proudly say is on par with anything else out there. And I'm happy that all the Justice League swag that I bought will not be uh, <laughs> for naught. <laughs> and man, I'll split the difference between everybody and a solid A. And that, that goes to say something. And man kudos to Zack Snyder man like Bravo. I was I was wrong me too and uh yeah this was one hell of a movie and a two hour and 45 minute three hour version of it should have been what you yeah. released in 2017 and who knows where we'd be now but you know water under the bridge and we can only look forward like they say in the witcher <laughs> something ends something begins <laughs> there it is. Ah, love it. Woo. Woo. Guys. There. So, Timbo, take us home, ah, man. Man. Take us home with our usual closer. Uh, a beautiful way to end this journey, I will say. And Carlos, man, you did a hell of a job. For me hosting this, we would have been into hour five before we got to this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, if you got any more thoughts on Justice League, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything that we do over at thenerdroom.net. The hunt is real. And Troy's killing it over on Instagram. He's got another video up. Super 7 Raph is up there. Go check that out. Another delightful trip into those Super 7 figures from a man, Troy the boy. And guys, we've got something special coming up here for you. This Friday, if you're listening to this episode on Thursday, that'd be tomorrow. We're talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier over on the Nerd Room YouTube page live stream. And we're hooking up again with the V39, Vigilante1939 boys to talk through that. Because that was the other big debut that happened last week that fell in the shadow of Zack Snyder's Justice League was the Falcon Winter Soldier. And it's freaking awesome. Guys, I loved it. It is. I want some more of it. And we're going to get it. Episode two this week. And we're going to chat through that and break it down. The episode, of course, will be in the feed the day or two after. So Falcon Winter Soldier is coming in hot. And that's going to be you know, some focus of our discussion over the next couple of weeks because we've got six straight weeks of that MCU show. We've got some more MCU stuff to break down too. 
Black Widow's coming in hot on Disney Plus now. Just announced today. It's way to July, but it's going to be coming. We're going to be breaking all that down, guys. Next week, every Thursday, we're there talking all things Star Wars Marvel, DC, and beyond. Guys, thank you very much, Carlos. Thank you for taking the chair and running us through this journey and, and concluding it here. Let's see. DC, we've got some big stuff to review this year. It's all coming in hot. The Batman trailer, you know it's coming. You know they're going to deliver it for you. Oh, yeah, baby. James Gunn, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Oof, oof. Mm-hmm. We got some 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 great stuff. So I'm excited that, you know, after a bit of a bit of a trip there with Wonder Woman 84 that we're able to deliver here big time on, on the DC side of things. So last but not least, guys, Twitter. That's where we're at. Handles at the end of the show. You can talk to us about Zach's or Justice League, Falcon, Winter Soldier, whatever you want. Just tag us. Let us know. Use We The Nerd. Hashtag We The Nerd. I should say. But with all that being said, guys, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Batman. And I'm Sanjay. And thank you guys very much for joining us in this journey, and thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.